The Lewis Duvall Experience is a production of Soul Magic Studios. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Lewis Duvall Experience. I am so delighted that you chose to be a part of this experience with me. You know, you could be doing anything right now. You could be gardening, you could be watering your plants, you could do anything, but you're spending your time right here with me and I am super, super grateful that you did. I am, of course, your host, Louis Duvall, and I have to say that the word excited is an understatement because I have today a legacy director on my hands. So without delay, let's get into it, shall we? My guest, he's a writer, producer, director, educator, publisher, and editor-in-chief. His productions include independent films such as Dirty Laundry, which was winner of the Silver Awards for Best Film. His syndicated television series, now on Amazon Digital, Heavy Sedation, which was number one in the entire Delaware Valley and the fourth largest public television station in the United States. Top that, huh? And the one and only and amazing YouTube series, Lacey. And now his newly launched comic series, Munch, under Snooby Comics, which is now on sale. I call this guest writer, uh, this, this guy, he's just a, a writing genius. So whenever I speak to him, it's always something new and exciting. He's a, considered a gem in this independent film space and highly respected director in the entertainment field. He's another person that you can call whenever you, whenever you call this guy. You, is, it's always something amazing when you talk, to the, talk with him on the phone. He's a husband, he's a teacher, he's a father. And he's someone that I call a dear, dear friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you today, fellow listeners, it is a pleasure that I present to you, Mr. Shannon Newby. Wow. You sure you got the right guy? That, that was, I don't think that was me. <laughs> How Who is that guy? I want to meet him. You want to meet that guy? <laughs> How are uh, you, sir? I'm wonderful. You know, as always, thank you for having me. Man, yeah, even you doing? I'm always down. So yeah, this is this is fantastic. Man, listen, it is such a, like I always say, it's such a pleasure to have you in any of the space in any forums. Um, where are you right now on planet Earth? I'm in my basement office, and I am writing and trying to figure some things out. So that's where I am at this moment. That's what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> Is uh is is this the the famous Shannon Newby uh, think tank operation? No, it's my funky, my, it's just my funky ass beast. But that's all. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but yeah, it is it is it is an office space. <laughs> um, you know, I would call it a man cave, but it ain't much of a it ain't much of a cave. It's just you know, it's, hey, a, it's a basement with some with some desk tables and some computers and. A bunch of other stuff in, in my books down here. So. You know, that sounds like a horror movie already, man. <laughs> so uh, if you didn't know, I had the pleasure of speaking to uh, one of our mutual, one of our amazing mutual friends, uh, Mr. Brian Anthony Wilson. He was on the show yes. earlier. And uh, yes. he mentioned to me something that uh, was involving like a buddy project. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just take, take, you know, just take a listen real quick. And what profession would you absolutely dislike or despise doing? Oh, yeah, like, um, 
guys to clean up roadkill. They pick up dead animals or something. Roadkill collectors. Yeah, roadkill collectors. <laughs> uh, I smell a bite picture with you and me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I am so there doing that, sir. I am so you there. You got to get, you know, you know Shannon Nubia right? I know he, <laughs> he wrote, will. I know he, he will. Wrote, he wrote this piece. Uh, for me, and uh, I think he he wanted um, the kid from uh, who played the the son in the Austin Powers movie, um, Seth Green. Seth Green, who does uh, mm. Robot Chicken? Is that Seth? Yes, that is. Yeah, Seth Green. Yeah, it's called Gruesome. It's a PC wrote. Is a I thought it was a great script, but uh, you know, uh, in the script. It's about the guys that come up and clean up murder scenes. Oh wow! So yeah, so yeah, uh, uh, so we're down. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we're down for it. So, what was that project? I've been dying. I say, when as soon as I talk to Shannon, I'm going to ask him about gruesome. So, what's can you or should should we should is it a wait like hey we got to talk about this privately or you know or, no, or a brief no, synopsis. It's fine. um so I, i'm i'm gonna start it off this way and this is the reason and i gotta always always preference this uh when i start talking about um the things i work on or what i do this way because people always say to me a question i get all the time is where do you get your ideas from and i always say the easy short answer is i'm weird you know, so I can say that. You sound like, well, wait a minute. How did you think of that? I'm weird. Just let's just leave that. Let's just establish that, and then then the rest of the questions will get answered pretty easily. So, um, so I say this. So I, I write a lot, um, and even though I've been writing less, I was writing less for the last couple of years because just life stuff. It's like, um, right. you know, wife and kids and mortgage and teaching and 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 running business and things like that but I should be writing every day. So, and just in recent uh, weeks since the pandemic started, I actually started writing a lot more. Um, so I would write every day if I could, you know, um, but I'll say this as well. I'm always taking ideas. I'm always like at least scribbling notes and ideas for things as mm. well. So um, I'm known as a writer more than anything else, but I do a lot of things. So I understand that I'm, I'm always thinking, I'm always coming up with ideas. I'm always writing. Um, so and I'm weird. So if you establish that as as the as the preface, this this will answer that makes other sense. pretty easily. Okay. <laughs> so I'm weird and I'm always coming up with ideas and I'm always writing. So with that being said, um, this was a, a project. So after I did Dirty Laundry, um, that Brian was in, um, you know, we shot it. At, and Dirty Laundry was, a, was one of those stories where I shot it in film. I started in November of 1997 and shot it to November of uh, October of 1998. It was a year of shooting. A year's post production, a year of uh, a year and a half on a film festival circuit, then another year and a half when I finally got distributed and it was in blockbusters nationwide and um, uh, and uh, Tower Records. So that's amazing, um, man. You just can't skip over that. That's amazing stuff. Oh, go ahead, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So that was that was five years of my life. So after was after we got through that was like um, January of '03, and I was saying like, okay, what's the next? The next thing I want to do, and so I said, okay, I'm going to write something for Brian. Because you know, I met Brian right before we started shooting um, Dirty Laundry. So I said to him, you know, I mean, I just he's just talent is just undeniable. I mean, Brian, undeniable, absolutely. <laughs> and you know how great he is, and yes. um, and he's very well loved, you know, as as an actor. Like I meet people and I say, um, 
They say, you know Brian? I say, yes, I do. Or I tell people, oh, Brian, if you want to say, oh, he's the greatest. Like, everyone, everybody loves Brian. It should be a, a TV show. That should everybody be a TV show. Everyone loves Brian. <laughs> There's <laughs> another show. There's another yeah. one. Okay. I'm sorry. So, um, so I said, you know, I want to write something for you that, that will, you know, that will help you shine. So um, at that time, I had a, uh, I wrote the script for, for him. And because I'm friends with um, Seth Green's dad, um, uh, I was no like, kidding. you know, and, Wait, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. You're friends with Seth Green. It's Seth Green. Seth Green. Yes. Uh, family guy. Again, they say friends. We're, we're very, we're very good associates of friends. Like, you know, he has to, to, to dinner, you know, so I'll say it that way. So, but we're very friendly. I'll say it that way. So, and the reason why is because he was a math teacher at my high school. I went to creative performing arts. And he was a math teacher there. So, wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. There, oh, wow. Okay, I'm going too fast for you. I'll that, slow it down. That's a, that's a lot right there. So, time out. So, you mean to tell me Seth Green's father and yes. you, he was a teacher? At my high school. Math, yeah, Mr. Herbert Green, Professor Green, yes. No shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Six so, degrees of separation. Okay, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I, so I became pretty friendly with him you know, over the years. And uh so I got to meet Seth and uh, you know, got to, you know, um talk to him about projects and things like that. And you know, he was he was open, but I mean, you know, anything else, you know, having him talk to him about it and, and showing him stuff and talk to him about it. Uh it you know, it never got past that, you know. Uh, so but I mean wow. that was ideally I would like to have had him you know, be the guy. But again, it's back 2003 that I was talking to him about this. So gotcha. this is forever gotcha. ago. Well, he slept, um, man. He 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 slept on that. That's well, a sleeper. Right? I mean, like he, he's not gonna come out of his pocket for a budget. I mean, I would have to. I mean, what would have to happen? Like he was he was open to the idea. Um, and then and then it's been on me to like to go get funding. You know, get an agent. Get you know all those things that you got to do to make things work in that in that, in that stratosphere. Right, right. And I just was not you know in any way. Uh, uh, in a way to do that, but even beyond the fact that I was not in any way capable to do that, I, the one thing I realized too is that I spent when I started to, I was going to go forward and to make the film, I started getting into production and figuring out what I needed to do to make this film work. You know, and I wanted to do a film where I had um, main stars in it and just everything. I wanted to have a budget. I wanted I wanted it to be you know everything that you know because um, Dirty Lines was all self funded. Um, and it took me, and I said, it took me five years to get through to get from point A to point, you know, get to get to the whole thing. So I wanted to, I wanted this to be right. I wanted it to feel right. I wanted to be able to do it in a, in a capacity that felt more um, high end. And as I started getting into that production of it for about the next six, six to seven months, I realized like this is going to take me another five years, mm-hmm. even you know, right. you know, even knowing knowing what I knew, what I went through from it from the from a far end independent way, and then even getting into it. Um, the way I wanted to get into it, uh, I just I could see the years piling up as far as what needed to be done, who I needed to talk to, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and after going through that with Dirty Laundry, I just did not want to do that at that time. I don't I don't want to go into this. I don't want to go back into another film this way. And it's not because my mindset was um, I didn't want to uh, spend my time because again, making Dirty Laundry. The, what I truly love is the making of the film, but I spent, but literally through that five years, 80% of my time was just about trying to get things done and getting, you know, things into place so we can actually shoot, you know, and getting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. funding so I can get it edited and get, you know, so that I didn't, I didn't want to have that experience right away, right after having it with the 30 laundry. So, um, so I, that's how the script got shelled, but I gave it to Brian. I talked to him, you know, you read it. He loved it. I was like, that's a good idea. We're going to go forward. And I guess I spent about six months 
trying to figure out if this is what I wanted to do. And, uh, and I said, you know, let's put this, let's put it on the shelf and I want to, and, and I'm going to do some shorts and stuff before that. So I can, uh, and that's how my TV show was born it was because, because I didn't want to go into a whole nother quote unquote dirty lines experience with this next fit films. I just kind of put it on the shelf. Well, yeah. you already know he's just <laughs> said that he'd be down. So it wouldn't necessarily have to be gruesome, but it could definitely be two dudes picking up roadkill and putting <laughs> well, it yeah. in the Shannon Newby universe to see <laughs> just what happens could with be. two dudes who are just typical everyday whatever guys picking up roadkill. Roadkill. And, and then yeah. all of a sudden the 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 newbieism kicks in it's yeah. it, that would be just that alone it is because already knowing your work it's like that alone is already like oh what could he cook up man and and who knows man it, it, it would be i don't know it would be like the lighthouse just with brian and lou i don't know the lighthouse yeah uh with um uh the the uh independent uh with uh Will, willem defoe and, uh, oh Robert yeah, Pattinson. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, okay, I know yeah. what that is. Okay, very interesting movie, by the way. Very yeah, interesting it, movie. It, it's something I'm supposed to watch. That I haven't gotten to, but you know, it's yeah. But I, you got to be in a mood for it. I would say okay. without the kids, you know, just in your own personal space, you got two and some odd hours to to kill. That's the reason why I can't watch movies now, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna make you upset, and I know why it's gonna make you upset. Okay. Well, why was uh, oh, well? Tell me first, and then I'll tell you whether or not it'll make me upset. I have not seen Tenet yet. <sighs> Don't worry about it. You know what? It's not. <laughs> That's funny that you say that. saying you are. I tell you no, and I and I say this. Um, Don't worry about it because it's again Tenet. That is like you have to be in the mindset because you have to watch it again. It's right. not a one. It's not a one trip pony. You know, it's you, you got to watch it like either you got to rewind it or you got to watch it through and then go for the the first you know, first run is just for entertainment. Second run right. is for going into it technically. But okay. it is very it is it is polar opposite of the lighthouse. Lighthouse is weird, but right. Um, but it is it again, it's an acquired taste. So but, yeah, I don't I, I like films like that, you know, like and I don't want to watch it in pieces because like how I watch movies now is like I watch them in. I 20 know. minute, 30 minute pieces, and the kids come in. If it's already movie, I got to turn it off, and you know, and so it's like I can only watch it for three, watch it for three days. And there's movies that I really want to see because I'm a fan. I want to, I want to watch it and ingest it without interruption and distractions, and be able to just, you know, without having, um, you know, the the, the, the disruptions and watching the film. So I've been wow. waiting for my time to do that, and when I actually have time to do it, I, I'm I'm not able to do it. So. Uh, but that's supposed to be on HBO, like like you know, in two days. And I, I bought the Blu-ray DVD at Christmas. My wife got it for Christmas. But I still haven't watched it. Well, don't like I said, it's it's a slow burn. Even if you have to take it in chunks, you, that's still good. So, but I, I, you know, let's start with just humble beginnings. Um, first off, I know your your backstory, but my listeners, of course, they're probably all over. You know, they don't know, uh, but they will. They they don't know. They're gonna learn today. Uh, <laughs> where are you from, and what was it like? in the and i might be saying it wrong but i'm i usually just go with the last name of the person i spoke i speak with so what was it like growing up at the newbie household um 
a lot of beatings and no, I'm just joking. <laughs> that is uh, Yo, we are just pouring out just nothing but story. <laughs> I bet you someone's writing this stuff down. There's a producer that's listening. They're like, oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a great yeah, story I, right I, there. I, I was very blessed to have a very 11 um, house, a uh, mom and dad, uh, West Oak Lane, which I just thought about as being regular, regular neighborhood. But I talked to these guys some, some, a couple of years ago and they were telling me they were from I, North Philly and but we were talking about we grew up in some little bit of the clan. He was like, "Oh man, you was you was in a nice area." I was like, "It's like regular hood." He's like, "No, that wasn't regular hood. I mean, that was nice." I was like, "You know," and I I can say, it was it was a nice it was a nice um working black family uh black uh uh, uh black working class neighborhood. You know, okay. uh, not too many problems and you know like anything else. But it was it was a, it was a good 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 neighborhood, and I was able to um I was able to be myself, which is weird. Uh, in, in, in my home and I was able to explore the things that I wanted to do in life. I want, so at nine years old, I always tell a story. So when I was a kid, I used to love movies and before I even knew what movies were, I just loved movies. Mm. And then when I was nine years old, my father was reading a newspaper and he's reading a story about Steven Spielberg being a movie director. And he was talking about Steven Spielberg and I was standing there next to him. And he was telling me that Steven Spielberg, he made um, Jaws, which I was aware of, but I hadn't seen. And, and then he talked about Reader's Lost Ark, which I love. And he said he made E.T., I kind of put it together like, oh, this is a job. So this is what you. This is a, something that people do. So I realized, like, okay, I want to be a movie director. This is what I, like it clicked for me at nine years old. Like, okay, this is what movie directors are. You know, so wow. these things that I love, somebody, there's, there's someone, there's someone who actually makes this. So I want to do that. So, um, so that's how it started for me. That was that that mindset. Nine years old was a very was a very interesting time for me because that was also when I really fell in love with comic books. You know, and again, I used mm. to like comic books. And um, around that same time, I read a, a comic book called uh, Uncanny X Men One Sixty Two. Yes, it was like a solo issue of Wolverine uh, yes. fighting the uh, right the Cezoids. <laughs> and uh, I, and I was like, I, wow, this is a comic book. I wish I had my old comic books. All my un, all my Uncanny X Men, they're all gone. It's, I, uh, I still got mine. <laughs> uh, I have some. I have a couple of them, but. So yeah, so wow, that's that's crazy. It, so your dad is the one that you were standing next to at night. I always thought it was Empire Strikes Back. Oh really? Why you say that? I you know I just for for whatever reason I just thought that Empire Strikes Back was like, well that was most of the Philly directors that I've come to have a good rapport relation with. Oh really? Relationship with. That most of them have always said that their coming to Jesus moment for film that captivated them was Empire Strikes Back. Really, I, I was a Star Wars fan, but yeah, for me, I think it was it was it was a common. I'll say it this way: I love movies like nobody's. I mean, I just love movies. Like I was just I would go to movies. I get for even now, like uh, I was getting excited to go and the lights go down. And the, it was. It seemed like it was like watching a magic trick, you know. So right, um, right, right. Um, I didn't, you know, and Empire Strikes was eighties. This was like 81, 82. Um, for me, it was 82 for me, uh, looking at, I was, cause, uh, at that point of, of understanding, like, okay, again, like, this is a job. This is something that people do. This is not, you know, that there's something the person can do for a living. And it's like, for whatever reason, at that time, it's all clicked. It's like, this is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. It's interesting how, when I talk about, uh, guests that I have on the show about their humble beginnings, it's, it, it's, it's very interesting to see their pathway to what they are doing now and what they are you know what they were destined to do and um which is funny because um when i was talking to brian i was uh sharing with him i was like you know 
it's just crazy how people that you either run in contact with or the circles or just how you how you guys like how you collide in meeting people. So, you know, and I was explaining to him like how I met him and I said okay. it was through you. But I'm now that I got you on the line, I am curious to know, do you remember this is the same thing I asked Brian, but I'm gonna ask you, do you remember how you and I met? Uh it's okay if you don't remember, because <laughs> sometimes they're gonna jog my memory. But no, I, 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 uh, I I'm curious. You missed that joke. I, I, did, I was I saying the joke. I, 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 said, I, said, I said prison. prison. I did it to somebody one time. A guy. I used to work at the supermarket, and a guy. And I knew. I knew. He saw him. Was like, hey, hey. I know you. I know you from. I knew he knew me from the supermarket, but he didn't know he couldn't place it. Right. I was like, uh, prison. And he's like, no. Nah. <laughs> No nah, man, I ain't, I ain't never been to prison. I ain't never been to prison. And I was no, just I'm no. joking, man. But I was doing it so serious. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm just joking, man. I ain't that's, never been to prison. That's, that's, that's funny. Joking. That's funny. Um, um, but yeah, do I remember how we how we met? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I, 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 I don't remember. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. I do. You've always been there, I, <laughs> but I remember. So okay. let me let me uh, tell you the story that I told Brian. I okay. was at, I uh, was in that time. I was, um, I was in Northeast Philadelphia, uh, and for the listeners, that's a section of Philadelphia that's like outside. You know, it's, 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 it's Philly, way, but, it, it's it's Philly but it's not Philly, right? It's right. out there, but it's a section. You know, people live there, but it's not like you know homegrown uh, spaces. But I was in, an, I was, I was there. I was living in an apartment complex, and I am flipping through channels. It was a Friday. I don't know. I just got in from work, and it was just like. <laughs> You know, one of those days, it's like, eh, you know, I ain't got to do anything. It's just me, you know, by myself. So right. I'm flipping through channels, and I see a fellow Cheney University alumni, Ina. And okay. I said, what is Ina doing on my TV? Now, backstory, <laughs> back, backstory, she and I, we were in several plays together in Cheney. Yes. So she's, you know, I knew that she was an actress. So... I, what I did not know, because after she graduated, you know, some people that, you know, they either go to New York, go to California, go to, you know, wherever to either pursue it or, you know, whatever with their life. So I'm seeing her and I'm like, holy crap, wh why is she on my television? So I am glued. Now, I'm not glued by the fact so much of her, but I'm glued about why she's there. And I was <laughs> mesmerized by the story. I'm like, what in the hell am I watching? And that actually is a <laughs> phrase that I use now for everything that I watch that is like either crazy, amazing, or a combination of the both. And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? And it was heavy sedation. And of course, what I did not know is like, this was on PBS. I'm like, is this thing on all the time? Like, where am I? <laughs> so I had to make sure that I look and, and documented the time, like when, I, when it came on so I could like see it the next time that it aired. So that way I could stay on point. And to my surprise, like they would just run it random. So I would normally keep it on PBS, but I'm like, who is the person responsible <laughs> for this show? Like, wh where is, is this? Then I found that it was in Philly. I'm like, this is in Philly? Are you serious? <laughs> who the heck? So I emailed, it was an email that I first sent out. And I don't know if that email was actually a good email or whatever, but I just, I think I just took, I just said, go for broke and just email. Now, fast forward a couple of, I would say months later, um, I had a situation or run-in uh, with the parking authority of uh, Philadelphia, you know, the parking okay. authority or the traffic court, you know, you run out uh, of light, uh, whatever, you know. Yes. One of them days. 
And, uh, you know, the man, he was like, you know, you got to pay. You ain't going to drive. <laughs> so I'm coming out of traffic court and I'm walking and I spot something on the ground about getting your license restored. Because my license was, you know, at that time, it was a little, you know, it was a little suspect. So I saw that the address was literally right around the corner. Who was, this is, this is a, a six degree of separation moment. Yeah, I know where you're going, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I walk around the corner and I see that the person that is the owner of this, it's a licensed restoration uh, facility or, or, or business. business. Yes. And it's literally right around the corner from traffic court in Philadelphia. So I go in and I'm like, you know, like teared already almost because I'm like, what the heck is these people going to do? And who pops up from the back of the store, walk in jovial with his red, you know, <laughs> ruby red cheeks and glasses because he's really hot because, you know, because he's yellow. But our good friend, the late and Darryl amazing Henderson. great Dell Henderson. Yes, absolutely. And he said, "Hey, what you doing here?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I know you. You're you, you from JD." He's like, "Yeah, you from JD too." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so Daryl is the one that started the whole train going. Yes, because he, he was the he met, on the show. He, he met. He told me that you need to meet this person. You need to meet that person. You know, it was a conversation, and I, that I that I mentioned to a couple of people about he, he and I, the relationship that he and I had. I, I, I wish that I had like a fingernail of that man's uh, uh, integrity. <laughs> it, 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 he's just yes. an amazing dude, man. Just yes, an amazing, amazing peace. dude. I love Daryl, man. You I know, love and... that guy. To, man, I love that guy. So there was a flyer that he gave to me. He said, what you got to do, you got to make sure that you come on down here. This is a networking meeting. You got to meet everybody. You know, I just meet this person. You got to meet that person. You got to meet everybody. You know, hey, come on back down here. I got everything. He, needless to say, he got my license restored that day. I wow. had zero money in my pocket. And he, rest and he got my, you know, he got myself straight. So I it was like, well, I have to go now. So <laughs> I, go, I go to this meeting. I'm just thinking that this is, I had no idea how to dress. I had no idea what was the, you know, what was the, the, I didn't know anything. I just, I came in a suit. I remember it was a hot, <laughs> it was hot as blaze. I was in a suit and I brought my movie that I, that I made. And just to see like, you know, I had no idea who was coming and I really didn't read thoroughly on the sheet, but I said, Hey, I might as well just bring some stuff that I made. And, you know, who, you never know who knows. And when I first walk in the building, the first person that i see at the networking event was you really that is how <laughs> the first day they met and i said oh. i was i my breath was gone i said oh. i know you and you the Did funny, I have an orange glow around me like was, days. yo i said the same thing to brian i said yo it was like the it was like when charlie murphy gave his real true life just hollywood story <laughs> There was an aura around. I was like, oh, "Holy crap! That you're the, the, the guy from the TV." And he's like, <laughs> "And the coolest thing is, is that you didn't break a sweat. You didn't even move. Like, yeah, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, hey, you know, <laughs> cracking jokes, being jovial." And I'm like, "I don't know how to take this dude. Is do I take him serious? Do I take him?" But I took you for who you were and who you are. And man, that day changed my whole life and i was like there's a day that i'm going to be working with this dude 
Uh, that's how we met. Wow. That's a great story. <laughs> so you're responsible, you know? sir, for a lot of the growth in the networking component of me trusting a lot of Philadelphia cats because there was a lot of time. And, you know, we've had this conversation a long time about clicks and people right. that were doing their own thing and staying in right. their own thing. And I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for Daryl, I wouldn't even like have gone to places. You know, and I, and I put it out there. I mean, I don't, and I say this, um, unashamed. Um, you know, like I have a lot of anxiety. I mean, I'm, I'm tremendously better now than I was then, but you know, anxiety about the social anxiety and, and networking. And I, I you know, I'm a stay in the house kind of pace person. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I remember um, like, like I got to go out and talk to people like, Oh, so it's like, <laughs> it, it, it felt like that a lot of times. Like, I don't want to go out and talk to people. You know, it's like, um, but, it, but the one, the other side of it is this is that I've, I've always seen, like, I, I know that, what I want is on the other side of the thing that that bothers me. So I had to go through what I don't want to do to get to what I want to do. So it's like, you know, so I got to go out and talk to people, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and you know, again, so it's, it's weird now because I look back at it from the perspective of where I am now, looking back 20 years ago and how, how sometimes dread dreadful I would feel about having to go out and, and socialize. Um, but, um, and, and something that was told to me before, you know, someone says, you know, you should be a lot more famous than you are. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, and it's like, well, why aren't you? It's like, I don't know. But I think a large, large part of it was that I just never networked to the level that I should have, you know, uh, in those earlier years, you know what I mean? So. Well, I don't think people really understand the genius, um, of, of who you are, but I will share oh, one you. other story. Um, if you, if I may indulge, by all means, so is that the one when I was naked? Is it? Don't tell no, that story. Not that one. Okay, not that good. one. We'll <laughs> talk about that. Hold, hold on. We'll talk about that one. Not yet. Don't put the sexy music on. <laughs> Please. No, this is a this is a this is a realization that I knew that we were going to be the best as the best best chill buddy, cool home breeze <laughs> five on the black hand side cats in ever so this was a um so fast forward you know i've met you i've met you know we i i've, I've met brian i've met a whole bunch of people so now i'm like i'm practically i've been to your wedding uh, the, yes. the table where everybody was just going at the parties like you came up with like y'all having a good old time over here Shit, i want to be a part of this table so the whole you know we, we fast forward all that so there was a time so we were um there was a meeting that we had uh, with, uh, with, with, with the heavy sedation. And uh, it was really intense. It was like, really, you know, it was like, we, we gotta get, you know, it was a lot of people that was there and around the round table. I was uh, somewhere in West Philly. Uh, okay. I don't remember where or what building it was, but it was somewhere in West Philly. Um, but it was, uh, it was a dude, uh, Edmonds. The last name was Edmonds. That's the last. That's uh, the Alan Edmonds. That's the guy. So yeah. So yes, we that's my good friend Alan Edmonds from the Brandywine Workshop. Boom. So w wonderful, yeah. wonderful guy. I got him met him through Daryl. Again, no, that's, really great, great so, dude. Okay, so that's South Philly. That's not West Philly. That's South Philly. Right. That's South Philly. Right. Right. So we're in the we're in there, and you know it's like the you know like a brainstorming room. We got like all these people in there. You know it's important. People are jotting down frivolously. You know, there's the person that's the financial person. There's the person that's the business this that and this the with that person that you know all these you know. And I'm sitting there at the table, right? And I'm looking around, and then you're on the opposite side of me. So it's like you know I'm on you know we're like literally like across from one another. And yes, I remember this. So the. <laughs> Take me a while, I'll break. I, I got the moment. 
Go ahead. So the so while the temperature of the room is very heavy, like we got to get this stuff done, and what happens? There's Shannon Newby on the other side of <laughs> of, the, of the table, and he is you he's reaching out with his fingers, trying to use the force with his hand <laughs> to some inanimate object paying zero attention to anything that's going on because as soon as they said well shannon what do you think You're like huh oh yeah yeah i think that's great and then seriously we go right back into it so all of my life i used to do that i used to sit there and look at objects and try and to see use if you can actually move it with your mind try to move it with my mind yes but so you I'm, turned 10 and you stopped doing it. Here I am, 30 years old. You got to understand the moment that I saw that, because see, there's rare moments in life that you either, there's like certain things that you see, either a meteorite that flies by, a UFO, you know, Bigfoot, all these rare moments that only you would know and only you have seen, no one would believe you. But because yeah. I actually am seeing physically another person doing the exact same shit that I used to do when I was a kid, I was like, no way. He does the same shit. Holy shit. I from that moment on, I was like, Shannon, I don't care what you want me to do. If you want me to just take the trash out, I don't fucking care, dude. That that is a and and the cool part is, is like you didn't break stride. You kept trying to use the force with your mind to try to see if you move the object. And I'm sitting there like, does this guy know that I know that he's doing this shit? He doesn't know that I know this. This is amazing. And the other part, the other part, and I think this we we both got this from up. Um, it was the it was the moment when, you know, when when we're when we're so engrossed, yeah, we're so engrossed in something, and we're like our our attention span, and then you know, and all of a sudden you say squirrel, squirrel. yeah, <laughs> squirrel, squirrel, yo, <laughs> this th that that was the moment. That was my, I was like, okay, I'm home. I know. So. <laughs> Brother, I just wanted to just drop that. I, I've shared some some moments with, you know, when I met Brian and I said, Brian, you wait. Yeah, I said, bro, you wait, wait. You know, when the show was over, he's like, yeah, man, you got to let him know. You got to tell him, man. I'm like, I, you just don't know. Wait, wait till I tell Shannon, man. So, yeah, man. Oh, thank you but for yet, listening. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and I think <laughs> I, I've, I've been really blessed, man. I have um, great people, you know, uh, in my life and in, in, in meeting in the industry that um, that has propelled me, you know, for even even to my, even without me um, realizing it at the time and even uh, going against, you know, you know, fighting against my own self to tell the people to push me and say, no, this is what you should do. This is the best thing for you to do. And I said, all right. And I said, wow, that was a good idea. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so I appreciate that in you and in and, and, and Brian and you know, I've, I've written so many scripts for Brian. He don't even know it though. Oh, I got, well. I, I've written, you know, that's just, I, I write all the time. I got, I got, I mean, I got tons of stuff. I have so many, um, like, like finished features and, and episodes of, 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 um, TV episodes of heavy sedation and things that never got shot. I, I got tons of stuff. So I'm actually putting something together for Brian right now. And, uh, he, he, he uh, he, he called me and said, uh, he told me that he was interested in doing, uh, um, uh, uh, um, older person love story, kind of like a Claudine. I was like, okay, I got you. And I said, and I, and I, and I, and I jotted, I said, okay. And I jotted down a couple of things. Okay. I got you. And I, and I hadn't actually started typing it, but in my brain now, I'm like 75% done. I haven't started writing, like writing it yet, but 
What you waiting keep... on, man? Shoot. So can, can I, I, I got audition? a million things going on. That's you know, audition? so it's like that's what I said. I gotta I wanna if I can get from under all the stuff that all the my daily responsibility. We'll find babysitters. We will find babysitters. That's what the industry <laughs> is there for. We'll find babies. You know, so <laughs> I remember it was a time where I was writing like a, a like right writing like um a script like every you know three weeks I was just turning something in just I mean not just and never I'm gonna be like Prince when I go you know I was gonna be like he had like six thousand scripts right in his right right all these unpublished <laughs> songs and stuff yeah. that they don't even know anything about well yeah I got so I got a ton of stuff that I was uh you know and I wrote stuff for you know people specifically and um you know tons of ideas and I got stuff where I started writing and I think it's a funny thing I should start writing something and then I come back to like I'm going through stuff and I say like, what is this and I click on and I start reading it. And I get really into it. Like, wow, this is really good. You know, it's like, I don't, I, I can't even remember that I, what I wrote. I, I don't know where the story's going, nothing, but I'm really into it. I get to like page 30 and it just stops. Like, why did you stop writing this? What happened? Well, you know, that, <laughs> I, that's interesting that you say that. I, I, I often wondered um, when you were doing um, Dirty Laundry and Clarity, it's Dirty Laundry Air It Out. I remember yes. distinctly that it's not just Dirty Laundry, it's Dirty Laundry right. Air It Out. I tried to separate it because it was like two other movies called Dirty Laundry right, at the time. That right. was like 17 movies called Dirty Laundry. So I tried to air it out to try to separate it from all the other dudes. Right, for separation purposes, right. And from coming from there, going to heavy sedation, I always wondered, was that planned? Was that something that you planned in your head? or No, no it happened. Like I said, I, I did, um, like say, after the Laundry was over, say, what's next? My mindset was, okay, I want to write something for Brian. And that, that's where I was. So when I said I want to write something for him, I wrote it in a way that really accentuated what I believe is his talents were, you know, our talents are. So I wanted to give him those dramatic moments. I wanted to give him funny moments because, you know, Brian is very funny. I mean, you know, he, people that say he's a really serious guy. That he is. Yeah, but he's very funny. So I wrote a script that was, that was um, funny for him and, uh, and, and serious and dramatic and, and emotional. And like, it's just this, 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 this great roller coaster ride of things that go on with this character. So, um, that was my next stop. So after that was after, you know, we got to the point of doing that. And like I said, I had to shelve it. Uh, the next thing was, um, you know, I said, okay, I want to, uh, uh, I talked to Mike Dennis and he was telling me, uh, Mike, Dennis, Mike Dennis, he was saying, um, WYVE is looking for content. I said, okay. So they're looking for stuff. So, okay, I'm gonna make something. And it was really that simple. And so, so I said, okay, I'm gonna make a, a short film. So I called Brian. If you want to be in a short film? He said, yes. And I said, okay, I'm going to write something. I had no idea I was going to write yet, but I just said, okay, I'm going to write something. So then I had called other people and said, well, I'm going to make a, a film. I get, so, no, I told you, I talked to him first. That night, I was watching um, Taxi Driver for like the, you know, 15th time. Right. And um, okay. and I was watching it, and I was watching the behind the scenes. So I had a, I think I had a DVD, like I got a new, like a, some kind of double edition DVD on it. Say and that, I was watching say that, behind- again. say that again, or you were muffled. I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry, I talked too fast, too. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I, I can hear you. I can understand you, but you, you were just <laughs> so, muffled a little bit. So All I was right, watching and, Taxi Driver again, um, and so, I had okay. seen it you know, a bunch of times already, but I was watching it again. Okay. Right, I got the DVD. Wait, wait, wait. All right, we're going to stop yeah. for a second. We're going to stop for two seconds. And okay. three, two, start right back up at Taxi Driver. Okay. And okay. Three, two, one, go. So I was watching Taxi Driver, like, you know, the, the, I don't know how many times I've seen it at this point, but I had, I had what, like the uh, special edition DVD. So uh, I was watching it again, uh, one of my favorite movies, and then I was watching the behind the scenes or the, uh, you know, how the film came together. And one of the things they talked about was uh, that when Robert De Niro was working with Jodie Foster, they would take, he would take her out onto these um, 
I want to say quote unquote dates and they would go to like a, a diner and she would just talk, talk, talk. And basically he was training her into the role for the film. So he would sit there quiet and she would just be like, you know, so loquacious and just talk, talk and talk. Wow. And I just thought that was just an interesting dynamic of her being so talkative and him barely giving her anything to, to, to work on, you right. know? Um, so that just stuck in my mind. And then that night I went to go see, um, um, my wife, well, she was my wife, then she was my girlfriend at the time. And, and just out of the blue, it hit me and said, you know, that'd be interesting. What if it was a guy who could, you know, it was an idea that um, a guy uh, could tell who, who's dying by, you know, he speak numbers, oh, but the numbers were like the days of people's death. Oh, and people say, well, how did people say, well, how'd you come up with that? And again, I'm weird. My brain just runs that way. So, and then after thinking of that, cause I was thinking about what would I write for Brian? And so my mind, so the, the whole one person being talking to others and not uh, appeal to me. And then I came to the idea about, um, the the um the number man and I said okay so I said that's it that's what I'm gonna do so then the next day after I had the idea I called a bunch of people and said I'm gonna write a thing to do a short film next Sunday do you want to be in it and everybody said they will be in it and I said okay I'm, I'm gonna write a part for you I know what I'm gonna do because I want to make I, I wrote to what I had available and my sister right. she owned the um coffee shop right Carmen and Coffee yes. <laughs> right so then I wrote specifically for what I had available to me I had the coffee shop I had you know my friend Brian from Star in it and I got this person I got that person. I had uh, Erica Beyer, who I met uh, uh, at, an, at an thing. She said she wanted to be in a movie. I said, okay, I'm going to put you in. And it was really sad. It was really that fast and simple. So I did this. We did the short film the next step. following Sunday. Uh, I gave it to YBE, and it was like the number one short film on their station that year. Like, they aired it a lot. People really, really liked it. And then that brought about a conversation about, you know, uh, I can make more of these if you're interested. <laughs> you know, so... Um, and then and through that time, uh, I was interested, but it got kept going back and forth with the uh, with the gruesome script. And then I finally said, you know, what, I'm going to put this away. I, this is this is bigger than what I can do. So then then got to 2006, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this TV show. So that's how that's how we got from her Dirty Laundry to Hex. So it was a lot of lot of steps in between there because Dirty Laundry came out nationwide in January of '03, and Heavy Station premiered in um, uh, November of '06 on television. Forget Tomorrow, I think, stands as one of, and you know, it's unfair to say this because I love them all. I love Carry Me Home. By the way, I am referencing yeah. all of Mr. Newby's work that's on Heavy Sedation because <laughs> I've religiously watched them and he was so gracious enough to give me the uh, the box set where I was able to watch, you know, repeatedly on, uh, on, on, you know, on, on, re on repeat for most of the stuff. Um, I, I, it's just so unfair to say that I like one over the other because I love them all. Carry me home. Uh, I was blown away. Um, but I believe that right now, reigning supreme, forget tomorrow with Brian Anthony <laughs> Wilson has to be my number one and then right after number right after that it would have to be um my righteous hand which oh, i wow. swear <laughs> if you don't make a comic from that <laughs> character dude it's in the works actually oh that's in the works <laughs> god thank you jesus and my i'm gonna tell you that made such an impact because this was before the mcu started so it was it was much bigger it was like wow because now people just figure out okay it's a superhero movie right but you right. don't know it's a superhero movie when you first start watching just thinking it's a regular movie but just before the mcu and everything so the word that people didn't have that reference to think about it prior so it it, it was 
it was the right thing at the right time, you know? I wonder, so would it, you know, independently, you would be the very first to do independently in the tri-state, Philly, you know, Philly, uh, Jersey, Delaware uh, uh, region. Um, for 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 a shared universe because you've got well even though you have different characters playing different roles but it is still within the same confine because that could be canon you know if we want to get into the lore of shannon newbie's work that could be you know that could be canon where the guy that's the number man knew the guy that was the superhero you know you know so funny, Lewis. um the truth is this in my mind, when I said I'm coming to do a show, I actually did kind of at some point try to connect, like I was going to connect the stories in some way to whereas each story actually did exist within the same universe. Because right. for those who don't know what, what Heavy Sedition is, um, it's an anthology show. So it's like it's like um, the Twilight Zone, kind of like Albert Hitchcock, but, but, but sketch comedy as well. So it's... Uh, so it's the same actors every week, and then one week the actor like Brian he'll be playing um, uh, uh, um, a lawyer. The next week he's playing an accountant, and following he's playing a doctor or 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 a demon chaser or whatever. So it's the same actors every week, but they play different characters in these different short films um, that all based kind of in this in this this uh, um, world where you know in your uh, mind all in the- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going there. It's crazy in there. <laughs> um, so that that's the story. So it was these different, and, and I actually did want every episode to be connected in, in some kind of universal way that they're all together. And um, but what I realized is that I didn't have the resources to make that to make that work because it was basically trying to. Um, it's like when you watch like the MCU. When you watch the MCU and how right. there'll be one thing that that'll reference a movie to you know right. a movie that comes right. like oh wow they talk about that in Captain America now they're showing up in Endgame. You know what I mean? So. Um, I didn't have the, the resources to, to do that, you know, because if I make one thing here, it would never pay off because I don't, I'm not sure that I can get the other thing done. So I had to, so I, so I wasn't able to actually do that, but that wasn't my mind to do that. Well, I'm glad that that was settled because in my head, I'm like, did he know that? Did, was that purpose? Was that on purpose? Because there were, I mean, if you look closely, if you, if you, if there are some, there are some Easter eggs, some of them, not all, but some of them, they will have like, a song or they'll have like a, a reference or a line or the kind of music or just the, just the feel of it. But, um, yeah. I, I think or, that's, or, that's me. That that's, uh, I tell you something that's funny. Um, um, like you get a, like, there's a directing style. I think, you know, without me thinking about what my directing style is, I think it just kind of shows through and, um, directors just kind of have a style that you, you know, without me trying to specifically make one, you know, there are things that appeal to me that I do as a director and people because there are people who said I was watching the thing and I said, this is Shannon. This is yours. And sure enough, it was your work. And I was like, I was like, really? Like, I could just tell by the way it looked oh, and yeah. the way that it. Oh, yeah. Right. I knew that was your film. Absolutely. Before I even knew it, I just the whole time I watched it. This has got to be Shannon's. This has got to be his. Absolutely. And, sure, and it was. And I was like surprised. So I don't know what that is, but apparently it's something where my fingerprints are on it and they could tell it was it's me. You know, I could um, I could walk past your work i can walk past a tv and if your stuff is playing i'm like i know that that's shannon's stuff i know that <laughs> i have him on speed dial i could tell you that's his blah blah episode so that's yeah, yours that, that, absolutely you know and i i wanted to ask this um this and it and it and it's actually it's funny that you mentioned about your directors uh the type of style of directors and the type of director that you are um brilliant by the way because 
not only of the dynamic of the writing, it is your brain, dude, man, the, the, the way that the mind is operating in, 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 I, I would just go in and it's like, let's just have a, it's like the merry-go-round over here. The, 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 the monkey bars, like the sand, (laughs) it's like the playground is just open. The amusement park is open and you don't know what ride you're going to get on because of where this thing is moving. But I often wondered, you know, and watching you and doing your thing. And it was, you know, there would be times that I remember we would just be out just like, you know, you see the sunlight and then you don't see the sunlight. It'd be that kind of like, you know, those type of shoot days. Fun, but those type of days. But I often wondered because of that nuance, that, that type of dynamic that you have, are you super hard on your director self? Not your Shannon. But your director self, are you super hard on your director self or are you more super hard on your writer self? I'm going to say this. If as director, I work for myself, I would quit. Like, who are you talking to? You can't talk to me like this. <laughs> you can't chat me on the worst piece of crap to ever you, live. Why would you <laughs> Every time. And I'm better now. I, I would say this again. You know, I am better now because I'm you know, being hard on yourself. I would, I, when I would edit the, the, the episodes of the show, I mean, if somebody heard, if, if somebody tired me talking to myself during the editing, the show, they would like, he needs mental health. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, that's. I, just, mean, I think that's be like, any editor. I think that's any independent editor. If you're doing it, but I just did it. You know what? I just did an edit not too long ago, about a day ago, and I was sitting here screaming to the hilltops, and my son, <laughs> he was like, "Are you all right, Dad?" I'm like, "No." Do I sound all right? He's like. <laughs> I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> I'm going to go to the room. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, every editor has that same vibes and same feedback. So that's, I guess, the common curse. But, and, yeah, and I, I'll be sitting there saying, like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. How dare what, What's wrong? Why would you? This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. This is horrible. Wow. You know, like, I'll be beating myself up the whole way through, and then I get to the middle, like, it, it ain't that bad. I, I, it, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Well, I, that, that part works. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe it won't. Maybe it's not the worst thing you ever did, but maybe but. But yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, you know, when you when you work and you, and you and you care about what you're doing, you know, you, all you see is the mistakes. And um, so yeah, I'm I'm very hard on myself as director. But again, I, I, I'm and I say this because this is this is something that's important to me. Is that um, and and I'll, I'll say it this way: the best way to say it. And 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 I and I, and I, I really um, mean this. So I realized a long time ago that my brain works differently than most people's. And I'm not saying that it's better and I'm not saying that it's worse. It's just kind of different. It's different. You right. know, <laughs> right. And, um, for good, better, and for good, better, or, or take it away. Different, it, right. It, my brain, I just, I just kind of see things differently than most people. And you realize that as you get older, you, one person says one thing and you said nothing. And they're like, what? And they're like, okay. Um, right. So, um, so with that being said, um, no, 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 I just kind of think differently about certain things with, with certain things and people that, um, uh, I stopped, you know, comparing, you know, comparing what I do to everything else and just be happy with in my space that, that I create, you know? So, uh, so, so I don't, I don't do that anymore. I don't, I don't beat myself anymore. I, I try to keep everything into, into realistic perspective. Like this is what it is. This is what it's not. You know, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. As long as I put my best foot forward with, with the, with the resources that I have, that's all I can, that's all I can do. You know, that's, that's rich, man. Um, I remember those days. And it would be like, dude, it's it's great. I'm like, no, no, see that bowl over there? It's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be turned around. But who turned it? Who the hell turned that bowl? And I'm like, 
Why don't we focus on the bowl? But that's just it was it was a purpose because there was something that connected with what you're trying to tell the story. With. And if it's not only weird people understand weird people. That's how I look at it. So but, um, and, I, and I tell you that the the blessing of, of of it is this. You know, it's like now I have a a gift and a skill that I guess in some ways it wouldn't um, most people probably wouldn't take to, but uh, I can watch. I was watching um, Concrete Cowboys, right? Right. Uh, and I'm not bashing Concrete Cowboys because it was it was overall it was a pretty good pretty good movie. Um, it's but on it was my list. missing. It's right. My, it was. It's on my list. I have not seen it yet. It was missing some things in the film. There were a couple of things that were just like <laughs> they were. I'll just say it this way: they were they were they were emotional moments that they did not that that it needed that they did not have. You know. There were moments that that needed to, to just, I guess, what I call the glue to make the film work. You know, there were just, there were just little pieces that were just, and again, they don't take a lot. Just little things that were off, and they would say like, eh, you know, why did they, they show me that? Okay. I mean, I know what they were doing, but I, I needed to see it. You know, why did they show me that? I, I didn't even see that. I needed to see this. You know, why did they do it this way? I mean, and I, when I teach, I tell kids all the time. You know, I was like, where you put your camera matters. I mean, put it here, or you put a foot over here. It will make a difference in what kind of scene you're, in what, in what you're in the story that you're telling. Okay. You know, okay. so. Um, but that, yeah, I think that's that's something that that um, I can do that other people can't do. You know what I mean? For what it's worth, which probably ain't worth much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, that's that's I think those that's my gift. You know. So, talking about your directorship and you know a lot of your projects that you've you know that you've the 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 rising you know the the walking up that that mountaintop and then dealing with the challenges left and right. And now you're back to your homegrown roots and you're writing. Uh, right. And you've launched the, the comic Munch. Now I know the Genesis because I stalk your stuff. So, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it is what it is. Just accept it. So I stalk your stuff. So I know that the Genesis, but for my listeners, what knowing that I know the Genesis, but what was the idea behind how Munch came to be? And I, I I want you to walk it slowly because I, <laughs> it's when yeah. I heard when I heard it when I heard it I was like you got to get you got to get the hell out of here is that <laughs> that's where he got this from holy so it, please by all means how did Munch come into play? Uh, so um, again going back to harkening back to me loving comic books at nine years old I always wanted to have my own comic book I wanted to, you know have my own comic book titles. Uh, um, I have a lot of friends in the comic book industry, and I thought that um, because I've had success in the in the independent film world, I could just kind of walk into the uh, comic book world, and that's not the case. So, mm. um, uh, for years, I was trying to basically kind of get connected into the into the um, comic book world in certain ways, and it was not it did not come to be. Um, so then I was looking at I was looking at making my own comic book, and I was actually thinking about doing my, my righteous hand as my first book. Going back into in um back in uh um two thousand and uh, uh uh I guess uh six I was thinking like I should, I, should, I can make a comic book now I want to do that so as I was looking to do that and I was speaking to um artists because I'm not a sketch artist um I was I was I when I was talking to artists about what I wanted to do and then just trying to figure out what it would cost and you know hope it would take per page. And as I was going through it, I realized that if I do it the way that I was going to do it with the, with the financing that I had available, I was basically going to piecemeal this together, you know, and take a long time and, and you know, mm-hmm. take a year to get it done. And then I would have one book and then you got one book and then how you take one book and take it to the next level or trying to get, you know, trying to get it seen or trying right, to get it sold right. and, and, and having that kind of expense put to it. 
And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know? So again, I'm going to, I'll wait until I'm able to really do it the way I want to do it. So fast forward to 2019. Um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to start uh, my own comic book um, company. You know, I, I want to, uh, make my own books. I'm going to have my own titles. And I have, I have right now about eight titles um, waiting in the wings. And the first one is Munch. Wow. And, um, eight titles. Yeah. Like waiting to go. <laughs> wow. I have, script, I have a bunch of scripts already written, you know, but, uh, but putting it into production. So, um, um, so Munch was the first one because, um, one a couple things. So one, as I, again, again, like, I'm building a business, not just selling a comic book. Mm-hmm. So um, the story, the story, because I'll tell you the presentation of the story. So the story is I was listening to a farmer um, talking about um, his chicken harvest and, and uh, you know, what they were expecting to do this year and the cost of maintaining it. And I think it came from, uh, it was, what's, what's the name of that? Uh, there was a documentary about chickens. Um, I'm saying the older I get, the worse I get titles and names. I can't remember. No, nothing. no, it's senior moment. I call it a senior moment. Yeah, no, it's I'm not even good. a singer. Yeah, it's I hope I'm good. not even it's close. It's all good, bro. It's all good. It's all good. I get um, it all the time. <laughs> but but as a documentary about chicken, and he was talking about um chickens, and he was talking about it in a way that was like, if a chicken heard that, I don't think they would agree with me. You know, and I just I just had a, a crazy thought about it. the chickens can hear you talking about them. If the I mean, chickens probably like... can hear you talk, are you serious, bro? <laughs> I was like, they probably would be happy, but. <laughs> <laughs> so they would be happy about that. So, um, so after that, uh, it just came to mind. What if a chicken? What if, what if the chickens were aware that they were who they were? What if they knew they were were, were delicious? What would they think about that? <laughs> you know, would they? You know, I mean, start thinking about chicken run, like you know. So it was like that kind of idea, right? So, um, so then um, fast forward to, so that was kind of like the seed of the of the idea. So fast forward, so Munch is a story about space aliens who come to earth. Uh, it was like, it's like an intergalactic battle. So you got to understand it in, in, in this, in this perspective that the story that's happening on earth is like a side story footnote to the, to the grand, to the wow. grand intergalactic story that, that, that we don't see, wow. you know, I mean, it's, it's so think about it in those terms. So you think about in the terms of like, um, if you think about like, let's like think about the civil war, right. And you right. think about Harriet Tubman, right. Um, now, think about this: somebody that Harry Tubman saved, who went on to do something else, that's something great, but you never heard that story because it's like a footnote of a footnote of a, of a much bigger story. Right. So Munch is kind of that story. It's like one person's story in a grand scheme of an entire historical event. So that's that's either here nor there. But the idea is though, um, there's an intergalactic battle of space aliens. Um, a space alien crashes, comes to Earth, and he's stuck. And and when you're reading the book in the beginning, you feel really bad for the space alien because you know, he, he, he's very humanized when, you, when, you know, from his perspective. And then while he's on earth, he sees humans, he's hungry and he, he decides to eat the humans for food. And then realize like, wow, humans are delicious. So <laughs> he goes back to his planet <laughs> with some leftovers. Um, and next thing you know, now they're coming down to earth on, on a regular, on a regular uh, uh, basis to, uh, to pick up humans. So it's like deep sea fish. It's like they're going out like on a charter ship, they go deep sea fish and they come out, come down to earth, get, gather up a bunch of humans and take them back to their planet and they, and they eat them as, as, as a delicacy. So, um, wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the humans are the chickens. <laughs> yes. So I always say this is like the origin story of KFC from the viewpoint of the chicken. So that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's the idea. So the lead character's name is David Munch and he's a, a medevac pilot. 
and he gets caught up and uh, almost get almost gets eaten and gets away. And now he's like the leader of a resistance of trying to stop the uh, aliens from coming down to Earth. Um, uh, and you know, without giving it all, giving away too much, but no, so that's, no, uh, no, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I am. I often wonder. I was like, when I when I heard the title, and then when I saw the promo, and then I stalked your stuff. So I'm like, okay, was that purpose to have the character's last name be Munch? Because yes, the guy's his name is David Munch, you know, and it's about aliens eating humans. And, 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 I, knew, humans. Yes. and I knew that was a, when I saw that I was like, oh yeah, that is definitely a newbieism. <laughs> definitely a newbieism. So, That's a new one, newbieism. <laughs> so it is. Uh, it, it was. It was it in 2021 that it was written, or was it in 2020? No, I, I wrote it in. Right, I wrote it in 2019, and uh, so all the artists uh, was the King's Eye Brown, and we met in 2019 before the whole pandemic, and um, so it took a while. So again, it took longer, you know, to get this going. So the, the book did get released in 2020. Um, and then a whole process of time that I was building the business, figuring out, you know, cause not, again, I didn't just want to make one comic book. I'm building an entire comic book company, a entire comic book publishing company. Um, so, uh, through the process of the, of the year of 2020, you know, and through the pandemic, it was like me figuring out how to, um, publish, how to make things cost effective, how to ship, how to, uh, you know, uh, um, um, distribute, how to get, you know, get to retailers, find a retailer that would be friendly to, to, um, to my stuff. Um, I went over to, uh, um, Red Hook, New Jersey, uh, Red, not Red, Red Bank and, uh, met with, uh, Jay and Sal and Bob. They would, they're going to do a, a thing for me, a wow. signing. Well, they told me that before, but again, the pandemic hit, so I haven't talked to them. Right, 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 right. But, um, so I got, so I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking to get into all the major comic book stores around the country. That's, that's my, my goal. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I want to do it, like say, in an independent way that I don't have to depend on other outside entities to create and do what I want to do. Um, so that's that's where it is now. But much of the first title, I'm figuring it's it's supposed to be about a nine issue um, story. But the story again, but the, and the reason why it works as a nine issue story because this story is basically a footnote to a much larger universe of of what Munch is. Again, this this is a story about a big a civil war intergalactic battle of aliens across the thing and it just so happens you have very small um neck of the woods you know you land you can so happen to crash land on the on the planet and uh these aliens and, and and the humans you know fight them off you know that's kind of what it is so it's very reminiscent of um i i have i just recently got into um someone was telling me it was like man you really got to get into invincible and i'm like yeah, I've been watching it. What what's invincible? And yeah, and, and I was shocked with my first I'm like, oh, this looks like a regular, you know, cartoon, cartoon animated type joint, like, you know, like the Batman animated series. No, no, no. Not yeah. at all. <laughs> because when I saw that the writer was Robert Kirkman, I'm like, oh, this is not this is not for children at no. all. And right, and my, I, my son walk in and somebody eye getting popped out. Like, oh, we got this yeah, <laughs> and it was like that raw, and it was like not. I mean, it's not like we've never not seen something like that, but on that type of scale, it's always like where could you push the limits? So l- listening to Munch, that is the you know there's there's Robert Kirkman Invincible, there's Shannon Newby's Munch. That could the the eyeballs on the content and wanting something that's like revolutionary you never know within a couple of years or a couple of months you know whichever push come to shove because content is king right now right uh we could that see a live 
you know, we could not, well, not live meaning like Marvel, but it could, but I'm talking like something on that caliber where it's like on that level of animation and right. then from the next step from there to something even bigger. Um, right. I can, cause I can see, I can actually can see much as a, as a feature from a, you know, in a larger scale universe, as you mentioned, right. but, um, and we have, and this, and what's cool is the technology is here now to right. make something of that caliber happen. I'm so, thinking about it as a Watchmen type series. If if if, if that all if it all happens in that way, I think that would be really really dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have not, and this is full transparency. And I wanted to let this be. I wanted to share this with you because it was a request for the for it was a request. So I I haven't done it yet, and I'm I'm not saying that I shouldn't have done it when it first came out. I said I was going to wait because I knew that I was going to talk to you. But what I was going to say was, I want people to go out and buy it. And I want people to, to, you know, to support because without support, you know, there would be no, you know, other other stories that we crucially need. So I was going to say before I purchase, could I just have my my copy autograph, if I may? Because that would be. Hell simple. no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like a kid right there. He's like, I have of a course, Mr. I, Newby, yes. can I have an autograph? <laughs> like, no, yes, I, that's I, a, I would love People ask that, like, can I get a sign? Like, yeah, why wouldn't I sign it? You know, would, no, I, I because, see, you know it, it's the worth and value of things that are that are signed. It's far different from the, the stuff that is not. But I would, I want to frame it. That's where I wanted to do it. I have. Yeah, I would do that. that by would, all means. That would be I, awesome. I always said, too, and I'm going to tell you this is what I'm going to do different when I get to, you know, my com- comical conventions. Um, there are people who stand in line to sign um to get signatures from like celebrities like Ralph Macchio and so like can they pay money thirty forty fifty dollars to get a I will never I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say never now I'm gonna say never for right now because who knows what the future holds but I'm saying this right. now I'm not charging nobody to sign something I mean if you're a fan of mine I'm a fan of yours I you know, <laughs> I, I never understood that I mean I get it it's business I get it but. But you know, or, or, or to spent, take a picture, yeah, you know, it's like they, they've already spent money to get in there to get there, right? right. And if they come in there and if they're going to buy, if they buy the comic book, why would I not sign it for them? Or if they're coming in line and can I take a picture? Yes, you can take a picture. You know, so I'm not going to say and charge you fifty dollars to take a picture with me. I just, I just can't. I just, you know. And again, do I, I mean, I value myself. You know, I value True, my time. No, but, but that's the integrity. I, I of value who the you fact. Are. I value you. Value you as a as a fan of of my work. You know, right. Right. And and I and I just you know I just to me that always just seemed you know um you know, I ain't gonna beat up on Ralph Macchio but like why the hell would I spend money to take a picture of Ralph Macchio it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know and I mean I mean God bless him I ain't saying he's getting his money but to me it's just this weird like I'm not I'm not gonna stand this long line and come take a picture. You know, uh, with, with you get, nah, that's all or right. Even you worse, know. you stand in a long line, you don't get the picture, and you still had to pay to get there to you know for for wow. all that ordeal. Yeah, yeah. So there, so there's that aspect as well. So I, I, I never, yeah, I, that's not my, my my thing to do. Like you know, again, I don't think about selling a person one book. I want them to become part of my tribe, and I want them to, I want them to buy all my books. You know, um, well, you know, and again, if you're a fan of mine, I'm a fan of yours. If, if you appreciate the work, and, and you know, I have no problems. Um, spending time talking to you and, and, and uh, taking pictures and things like that, you know, well, as long as I'm not feeling crazy that day. Well, I've already <laughs> I've already publicly said that I'd stalk your stuff, so you know I'm a huge fan of your work. So I said it to say that I'm not, I said I wasn't going to purchase it because I wanted to at least have this conversation on the show and say for the people that to do what I'm about to do, go and buy Munch. 
So yes, there's munchcomic.com. So, uh, and w w let me uh, let me first uh, before before I it'll slip my mind. Where can people purchase Munch? So it's going to be at my website, which is outthehouse.com. But I have a bunch of tags. I go to the easiest tag to get to is Munch Comic. M U N C H C O M I C Comic.com. Munchcomic.com. Got it. I will go, get to it. As soon as we're done with uh, with with this with this conversation, I'm going to order mine. And just know that if you see my name in bright lights, just you know that that, <laughs> that is coming from love. Um, I I always wondered, was there an actor that you ever wanted to work with, or a you know, just someone that was on your wish list as a director? There's a guy named Louis Duvall. This <laughs> guy is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You if I get me, that guy, sir. I'm telling you now. Listen, I'm gonna put my bid in. There's a couple of things I want to start saying right now. If there is ever a voiceover for any of your comics, I want to be the first person to audition. And me and Brian, we're serious about this whole you know roadkill collector guy. With well, with I'm, a, I'm gonna say twist. this. Let me say this. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna announce it publicly right now. Just an understand this. I am shooting something over the summer. I have no idea what I'm shooting, but I'm going to shoot something over the summer. I haven't shot anything of my own in more than a year, and I, and I need to shoot something. So I don't know what it is. I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together what it's going to be right now, but I'm shooting something over the summer. Well, I'll so be I, waiting I and anticipating for a <laughs> casting call. So I'll, I'll it, be figuring there, it out. If there is any stretch of the imagination of time where I would have to sacrifice you know, a chicken or something to, <laughs> to make sure that I get there. I will definitely, you know, shout out to, you know, we're, we're all humane here. So no, we're not actually sacrificing chickens. People come on. Yeah. You know, we're not doing that. But anyway, no. you understand that the, it's metaphor. Yes. It's all metaphorical, but yes, I will make sure that I have some time to do your, I, I, just to audition. Dude, I will, like I said, I will just sweep the garbage. Because that's just how much of a fan I am. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what the garbage, you know, the best job <laughs> no. in the world. No, uh, but yeah, I, I got stuff. I got some stuff that, I, that I'm that I'm working on. Um, but you know, as far as actors go, I mean, people I just love. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor um, played Twelve Years a Slave. Ejiofor, yeah, yes, he's yeah, yeah, I love that guy. Um, he is always on point, no matter what he's in. He's always on point. And the question I like to ask him is like, you know, what are your habits as an actor? Because he's he's just always. I mean, even in the movies like Whack, he's always good at it. You know, um, I've never you know. seen anything that Chiwetel was not good in. Yeah, ever, ever, ever. ever. That's really yeah. That's in, that's interesting. I've never. No matter seen who's you know, no matter who's playing against, and the person playing against is not is not strong. He's always. Strong. Um, but yeah, he's done some really good stuff. Um, just I think I've seen everything he's he's done. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Mm. Um. I think he's awesome. Um uh and I'm a big fan of of uh, uh, uh um what's her name? Jeez, I can't think. I'm telling you this is get this gets bad. It's a senior uh, moment, man. I'm telling you. I get it. Zazie Beats. I love Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Yeah. Zazie, Zazie, yes. She's she's one of the voices over in uh on, in on yeah. she's she's tearing it up now. She's one of those yeah. underrated. She's really that that yeah, underrated. Yeah, and that's right. And I like I like finding up seeing people who are underrated like what would I do to like to really? I mean, she's 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 getting known now. You know what? You know what, Shannon? She would actually really be a perfect casting choice for any work that you put out there. She would be a perfect casting choice. She has like the, she has like the 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 charisma, the attitude, the vibe, right. and the energy to do something weird. And, and watch how she switches it up, like and how she is on ATL boom. compared to how she was in Domino, compared to how she was in Joker, and like yeah, you know she yeah she's dope. 
I I love her. I love her work, and I love her all, work. All the new person I really love, uh, Dominique Fishback. Yeah, yeah, she has. She's, she's, she's a dope. sleeper. She is a sleeper yeah. actress. And um, I was like, you know, what really threw me left was when I saw Power, and I was like, ah. but she's I didn't see her in Power. Uh, she oh Project Power, not Power. Oh, Power. Project, oh yeah, Project, Project Power. Power. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. With Jamie Fox. Yes. yes, I did say yes, yes, very good. I was in like, that. yeah, she got something there, but I don't think this is the role for her. But I think she got something. It was and then she did I that role, right? She came out to the home shot. And she was uh, good on the HBO show, The Deuce and Judas and the Black Messiah. That's when I yeah. really saw her just like punch it out the gate. I was like, oh, yeah, she's arrived now. She's uh casted in uh Transformers. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, 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 Stephen Capel Jr., the director of Creed Two, my uh, my director for the project when I was back in the wind with uh, yeah. my cut scene with me and Michael B. Jordan. See, we was yeah. we were both flexing, you know, in one of the scenes. Like he had the muscles out, and I had my muscles out. We were trying to see who had bigger muscles. Of course, I tried to, you know, I I was upstaged because I was a little t- you know a little bit taller than him, and uh, they they cut the scene out. But no. Um, He's actually uh, uh, Hasbro snatched him up right after the Creed uh, series and snatched him up, and now he's heading all of Transformers. Wow! And he's he's like Stephen Capel Jr. is the guy for all things now Transformers. So he just casted her and uh, forget the uh, the guy, uh, one of the Ross kids, um, tr- uh, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross brother. I believe that's his name. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, Evan Ross. Uh, he played in Hamilton. I uh, forgot his name. He, he played in Hamilton. He also played in um uh in um 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 he played in um Spike Lee's. She's got to have it. He actually played uh, Spike's character. He played um. Now it's gonna bug me because now I want to know this guy's name. All right. <laughs> but uh, so so yeah, so Dominique Fishback is uh yeah I I am. I am impressed by her by her work and um, shocked by the fact that you know some of these characters they, they just rise so fast. So there's so many different people, but okay. So and um, I'm a fan of Shia LaBeouf too much Transformers. You know, as Shia LaBeouf, I, I think he's awesome. You know, um, I think he's his. He, I, I think that you know uh, he's one of those guys who just he just has a full range of of, of ability as an actor. Wow. I don't well, think he's not your fan. I think no, no. I I, I like Shaw. It's just really it with with his work. It's like you got to get him on something that really gives you what he really like. I like the 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 um the project that he did where he was talking about himself, like he was playing his father, and the oh yeah 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 that was pretty him. good. Honey Honey Boy or something like that. Yes, yes, Honey Honey Boy, something like that. Yes, but those that that is something that I think would really be best for him when it's. When he when he's not playing, you know something that's you know off the map crazy, you know, and it's within his groove, and then he he really sells it. Um, so yeah, okay. So um, I know that we as artists, um, we don't realize that it's not just what it what it takes to just to be successful, but it it's really important that we are we we're we're successful with building the journey with people and uh people that are going down a pathway like there's a person right now listening who may be walking the same path that want to be that wants to be a director that wants to be a writer that wants to you know he this this person they they want to be a comic creator or a comic book company uh entrepreneur um what gems would you 
share with someone that is maybe walking a similar pathway that you can share with them uh, so that way they can take in and, and adhere to. So it makes their journey a lot more easier for them. Well, I wouldn't say anything's easier because even though we're all on the road to Hollywood in some way, you know, whatever road and destination that you take, um, when we all trying to get there, we at least we have a ride. But we we all can't just say that we've done it alone. We we right. had people that helped us along yes. the way. Uh, so what gems would you would you drop? Um, I'm gonna say this, and 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 before I say this, this you know there are philosophies in life about how to succeed, and the philosophies don't change. Um, they they truly don't. It's the same things over and over again. If you just start listening to like um different um. People like Tony Robbins and 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 E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher and and Jim Rohn and that's all these guys, you know, um, past and present. They say the same things over and over again. So I, I will say this: the the greatest thing, if you want to succeed in anything you're doing, the first thing is consistent self discipline. Mm. You got to be disciplined to do the stuff you don't want to do and can do it consistently. Because he said, like, you know, I want to be, I have kids all the time telling me they want to be a YouTube star. I said, okay, well, I know I know the path on, on what it takes to help you do that. Um, you know, if you want to be a YouTube star, I know people who are on YouTube. I know people who have a million subscribers. I can tell you there's a, there's a ton of stuff that you can do. But, I mean, you got to be, the first thing is consistent self-discipline. You got to get up every day and work on it every day. You got to consistently put up your videos. You know, you got to, it's just about doing it over and over again. The first time you're going to do it, it may not be good, but you guys got to do it. If you want to be good at playing a guitar, I use this as an example all the time. You got to play every day. You got to pick up the guitar every day, even as little as 20 minutes every day. If you do it every day for a year, you will see a difference in your ability to play the guitar. You know, you may, you're not going to play like Prince, but um, <laughs> but you'll be able to play it. Right, you know. Right. Um, so I think that's just the, that's the, the thing. So aside from that, I would say is this: set a goal. What do you want? If you say I want to create a comic book, you know, okay, set your goal. Okay, now. Second thing is make a plan. How are you going to go about doing it? And then a plan may not work. You go, you say, I want to do this, this, and this. And you get out there and all of those things don't work. You got to change your plan, but you got to be consistent. You got to be consistently every day. It's like, I want to make a comic book. You know, what does they want to do? I want to make a movie, which of course I hear all the time. And now, you know, I don't even want to hear people telling me they want to make a movie. They go, go make one. Right. I mean, when I first started back, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, you know, <laughs> making, making a movie was a, was a big deal. Like, how are you going to make a movie? I'm going to make a, a movie. And when I when I made Dirty Laundry, I told people I had um I had two thousand dollars in cash and two thousand dollars on a credit card to make a to make a film shooting actual sixteen millimeter film. What was yeah, people, what was the camera that you use on on Dirty Laundry? It was a uh, Fresolini. It was a it was a old news camera that was wow. used for for the news thing that I rented from a guy. And the amount of money I paid for in a rental paid for that camera and his house. So <laughs> <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, but I mean right. I probably pay, I paid. What he paid for that camera, I'm sure I've, I've paid him. He 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 made a killing made, off of me. He, yeah, I bet. But if I knew then what I knew now, I would have, I would have bought a camera. But you know, but you know, it is what it is. But I told me I had two thousand dollars in cash, two thousand dollars on a credit card, and people looked like you ain't making a movie. Get out of here, you know. So then I said, so, I said, well, you better. So people, I got such a negative reaction. I said, well, I told people I got ten thousand dollars. Like you ain't making a movie, <laughs> right? So, so even at ten thousand dollars, like I remember one guy told me, and I ain't gonna say his name, but I know to this day he's like. Ten thousand dollars, you gonna make a movie shooting films? Like, look, I ain't gonna say you can't do it, but you ain't gonna do it. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> right, right. And I'm like Jordan. That's all I needed to hear. Really, I'm not gonna do it. I'll show you. Um. So, uh. But yeah. So, but, but at the end of the day, so I spent seventeen thousand dollars to finish Dirty Laundry. You know, from 
beginning to end, getting it, you know, getting it done and in, and in hand. And uh, that was me working, you know, uh, three jobs at a time for the, over the course of five years. Now, literally, like, I worked, uh, I was doing AV tech work during the day, working supermarket at night, working gas station overnight, working at the dollar store. Working, you know, I, I, I would work, I would, I would work all like as much as I could, gather up money. Once I get enough money together, then I would stop. I would quit one of the jobs and then go back to the next level. The next level is so I did that for the first part in shooting. Once the shooting part was done, you know, I then I went to get the money together to go do editing. Once I got enough money for the editing, I do I quit. I quit one of the jobs and go edit. Do I need more money? I go get another job, and I just I was like that for those five years. Wow. And that's wow. that's how I, how it got done, you know. And believe you me, I thought about quitting a lot of times. A lot of times, like this, this is this is for the birds. <laughs> I, I get. You know, I was right, flat broke. Right. I had holes in my shoes. I was like, you know, every, it was like a drug habit. Like every nickel I had went to this, trying to get this movie done. And um, the thing that stopped me was, I said, okay, if you quit right now, what are you going to do with your life? Mm. You know, really, what are you going to do with your life? You're going to work these low wage jobs. What are you gonna, and, I, and I really could not see me doing at that time, nothing else in my life. Like there's nothing else. What are you going to do? So I could be a writer. I'm a writer. He said, do you think it's going to be any easy to write? You got to write and send stuff to people and hope people give me a job. You want to do right, that? Right. I'm right. not the kind of person that that's about waiting and asking people to give me stuff. You know, I'm just not. I could dig it. So, so I was like, so, well, you better get back up on a horse and get this movie done because this is your only pathway out of this. And I had that conversation with myself a couple of times. Like, there's nothing else for you to do with your life. There's no other path for you to go. There's nothing else you're going to do that's going to make you happy except for writing and making movies. So I don't know what else you feel. If you think you're going to go and get a regular job and be happy, you might as well give up on your life right now. What are you going to do? So I had those like real, like, you know, one of those uh, rocky conversations, like, get up, you son of a bitch. You got work to do. Because <laughs> Nikki loves you. <laughs> hey, yo, so, Mick, you know what yeah. you got to do. You got to do yeah. it, you know? <laughs> Wow, that's great. That's just like rock. Um, but, but that's what it was. So, and it was, again, it was consistent self-discipline, you know, without even knowing that as a term then. I just was, I just was refused to not finish. You know, I just was not going to finish. And, um, and I say to this day, that was the hardest thing I ever did in my life was making that was making dirty laundry, you know? Um, um, and once you go through something like that, you know, you go through all the, all the trials and tribulations and the, and the heartaches and the, and the, and the, and the, and the success of it at the end of the day. And you finally, you finally turn something, you know, do something. I mean, you get to a point where it's like, okay, um, but even beyond that, I, I'll share this story with you first. But actually, I'm actually still going to start vlogging. Um, I've already actually completed one of the vlogs, but I did a vlog on uh, on you know how hard work changed my life, and, and I'll tell this just really quickly. Wow. When I was in when I was in um, uh, ninth grade, I had a, a teacher, uh, a language arts teacher, who um, I, you know I was a I was a heavy reader then, and we had to do a book report. We had to read a book and then get like an oral presentation in front of the class. And I read Huck, uh, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. And when I got up there, he was like, you didn't read Huckleberry Finn. I said, yes, I did. You didn't believe I've, I've read it. He, was like, he didn't believe you? Well, because, yeah, well, a lot of kids read, like, they had, like, 10-page books. Oh. Okay. And they wasn't even reading those. They okay. was like, okay. you know, <laughs> they like, how to stop smoking. It was that kind of stuff. Like, like and they, weren't, they didn't even read those. They weren't, they weren't reading no, you know, um, I was eighth grade. No, it was eighth grade. And he did, he just, I was like, you read 300, about 300-page 300 books. I was like, yeah. But I was a reader, you know, but he didn't know that. Mm. So I got him into the presentation. He was like, wow, you really read it. So long story short, um, he got me to start doing um, speech contests, uh, which I was like totally, you know, introverted and didn't want to do, you know, particularly what I didn't want to do. But he got me to do it. And uh, um, the following year in the ninth grade, I won a thing called the Black History Oratorical Contest. And 
And it was the first time in my life. Like it was like, again, the story of it is, you know, I, I worked like really, really hard at that time it was the hardest, hardest time I ever worked on something, you know, I spent from like October to April working on a speech and, and presenting it. And wow. it was a big deal. So I, I didn't realize it was a big deal in Philadelphia, but to win that and to be there, I was along. I'm like all the all the, uh, the 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 quote unquote smart kids. I was like, you know, they had this dummy with them. They, I, I was faking the funk. They I was in the dumb school. <laughs> um, and because all the kids there were like going to like the magnet schools, like Masterman and, uh, and and Central and Girls High, and I came from like Wagner on my way to King until uh I got I got uh recruited to go to Kappa. So um oh you went to Kappa? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's what Stephanie's dad taught. It's Kappa. Dang, now it's coming right. together. All okay. right, all coming. And together. I was there with Boyz II Men and uh, Black Thought and, and uh, uh, Questlove and Emil Larue was there at the time and uh, Kenny Overton, my man Kenny, just won a Grammy for Chris McBride. He was all there at that time. Wow. There's yeah, a lot of people who came out there who wanted to do some really big stuff, man. I was, and it was like it was an era. Sean Stockman from Boyz II Men, he said that he's like, no, I don't know what about the era, like from '88 to like '94. A lot of people came out of the school to go on and do, even if you don't like, even if they're not like household names, um, if you know, if you know them in, in the realm of where they are, they're big in, in their, in their circle. Right. Like right, Kenny's right. A, a big name opera star who's at the Grammy now. Um, Joey and, and Christian are big time in the jazz world. And like these are all people you can Google and see like pages of work and like, wow, this piece really did something, wow. you know? Um, and now you. Yeah, maybe. Kind of sort of. You no, can Google man. me. <laughs> no, don't. Hey, it's it's on its way, man. It is on its way. No, I mean, yeah. You you can't. I, I, if you Google me now, it's, it's a weird thing. Like I come up, my page, my picture, and all kinds of pages and stuff. And apparently, I'm worth eighteen million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this money is, but if you can find it for me, I'll give you some of it. <laughs> I tell you what, it, it's uh, how much is your net worth? You'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we've reached this part of the show uh, where my guests, when they come on, I ask them the questions. Now, these questions were famously asked by the late James Lipton uh, from the actor studio. And I, yes, I'm very familiar. I wanted to carry the torch. So if you may indulge me, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Newby. Yes. What is your favorite word? Uh, mother. No, that was, that was Samuel Jackson's favorite word. That was a curse word. Um, I was like, is that, is that a surprise? Uh, my favorite word. Um, um, that's a good question. I, I, to, to boil it down to a word. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm going to be generic with it because I think it's just important. Um, love. You know, and that's probably never. generic, but. Can never go wrong with love. Yes. Just, you know, just having love for people, loving, you know, loving my wife and my kids, you know, feeling love, feeling, you know, feeling uh, at peace and, you know, with people that love you. And so I guess I would just have to say love. I know it's pretty generic, but I no, think that's probably most important. It, it works. So yeah. what is your least favorite word? Um, uh, Hmm. You know, I know these questions, and I, of course, I didn't prepare because I know. <laughs> what is my? You know, these are questions I never thought of. What is my least favorite word? Um, it's a good question, isn't it? Uh, um, rash. Like I got a like that girl give me a rash. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> rash? What do you mean, rash, doctor? No. <laughs> if she um, heard you say rash, bro. <laughs> um, I, I don't. Uh. I got one from Um, 
there's anything to hate, but um, uh, I, I'll say hate, and I'll, I'll maybe I'll circle back if, if something else comes to my mind, you know. But love and hate, you know. I would have thought that your your least favorite word would be no. That's what I would think that your your uh, favorite word would be. You know what? Um, I, I thought that too. Uh, now, I remember just I remember Tom Cruise saying that was his, his least favorite. People telling him no, you can't do things. But um, as you get older. You embrace no, you know, uh, because and one thing Warren Buffett said is he said, um, if something's not a hell yes, it's a no, you know, meaning that, you know, you got to And I had to learn that the hard way because I say I say yes to I almost I always say yes to almost everybody about everything. Can you help me? Yes. 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 I've always wanted to be helpful. And yeah. I realized I was taken away from my own um, my own path and what I want to do in my own life because I was so busy trying to help everybody else. So um, I'm OK with telling people no now. And that took a while to get to that. Uh but I, I would say, um, um, he, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put it into a word. Um, I, I'll say um, doubt. When people doubt me, doubt. you know, I like that. I'll say when people say, you know, so I, we're we are removing hate and we are and putting doubt it with doubt, I and not just the word itself or what it means. Because like I say, I feel so many times in my life. People have said, you ain't going to do that. You going to do what? Yeah, okay, right. You going to make a movie? Okay. How? You going to have a TV show? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm, okay, and do and put it where? How's that going to work? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you going to make how much content a week? You gonna, it's going to be a different story every week. How are you going to write that many stories? I, I, I'll do it. Okay, I, I'll believe when I see it. And now I'm going to see it. You see it? You see it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm that way. Like, don't tell me what I can't do. That that will push me. You know, if, if I say I'm going to do it, but believe me, I'm going I'm to do it. You ain't going to write this Buddy, uh, buddy movie with me and me and Brian. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! I'll show you. <laughs> uh, what excites you or turns you on? Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What excites Mister? I'm sorry. Um, I apologize. What excites me turns me on. Um. Again, I'm gonna say, um, watching one of my kids come home and I and they come in and yell, "Daddy!" You know, that 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 just that makes my day every day. Um, also, I, like I, like um, I would say uh, on on a, on a professional level, um, uh, seeing great film work. You know, I get excited when in the, and I get excited sometimes like. I'll go to the movies and if it's certain I've been looking forward to it and, I, and I'm really interested, I'll get like, excited. I'm like, like a little kid. Uh, sometimes going to the movies, like certain movies that I'm going to say, Oh yeah, here we go. There we go. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, and when I walk out of a movie that I love, that just, that that's totally stopping my tracks, you know, man, that's like the best feeling in the world. Like that was, that was incredible. You know, and I, I had the feeling coming out of like Shawshank Redemption and, and Boogie Nights and mm. certain movies, like Hoop Dreams. Mm. I was like, you know, it just, it's just like, I mean, it, it, it stayed in my mind. I hadn't for days. I remember how great it was, you know? So, so, the, I love that. so the opposite of that, what turns you off? Um, uh, stank ass attitudes. <laughs> <laughs> that turns me Amen. off. Amen. <laughs> Amen for that. Amen for that. <laughs> with their nasty attitudes for nasty no ass attitudes. Hey, yes. Oh my god. Um. So, what sound or noise do you enjoy? Um. Again, I'm gonna say this. Okay, I'm gonna split it. One again, my kids laughing and playing. Um, That's always good, man. 
That's always good. Um, I still like the sound of film running through a film camera. <laughs> You know, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. no shoot film anymore, but I mean, it's, uh, it was just, a, it's like, I would get tingles, like, you know, the camera. Brrr, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think you know? for many that, that, that is a, that, that is a sound. It's like, or it's, it's going down. It's about to happen. Right. Yeah. What's, what yeah, sound ahead. or noise do you hate? Um, my wife telling me to take the trash out. No. <laughs> um, I will no, make sure that she hears this clip. I will send this right to her personally. It's like, yeah, you, yeah, you know what he said? No, you know what he said I'm about joking. you? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, sound that, that, that like uh, angry disruption, you know, fights. Um, yes. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you this. I, I was used to teach at uh, West Philadelphia High School, teaching film, there's some pro program there. Years ago, and uh, it was there was a time when the school was in a really bad. Pl- I mean, it was it was getting better, but it was, and they were like literally five six fights every single now, I was a day educator, in the building. So I I know how it is. I know how right. it was. Yeah. So every single day, every five day. six fights a day, yeah. every day, and literally after about a, two months, and because it didn't start the way it got like it was like, and the way the building is the way the building is like one long block. So if, so if I'm on the second floor, the fight on the third floor I can hear. If I'm on the second floor, the fight on the fourth, you can easily hear it. it just it just. Kids running and fighting, and after hearing that, like literally five, six times a day for like two months, I literally got sick to the stomach. So I'm tired of this shit. I I just, you know, I just, I can't be in this building no more. I, I I really got tired of it. Mm. Like it really just like, um, and again, it's that 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 angry just, um, and 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 the 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 thrill that they got out of hurting each other. You know what I mean? It just it just wore me out. I just, you know, that constant, uh, 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 screaming and cursing and fighting and you know and, and disruption and you know, every day, every day, every day, like literally five, six times every single day. It just, it just, I didn't get numb to it. I, it, it, like, it literally made me sick in the stomach one day. I thoroughly understand that. I, <laughs> I, I felt your pain when you said that. Um, it, it was something that I could not take. And it's just like when you walk into the building, it's like, you know, are you just announcing? It's like, all right, who's fighting today? You fighting today? Yeah, exactly. You fighting and today? They would. Let's put it right here. Just go on the middle of the floor and take care of it so we can freaking teach, so I can teach you some fucking math. <laughs> yeah. You little hellions, you don't even know what the fuck two plus two is. So what the, you know, what the 22. hell? 22. Shut up, nigga. And I'm glad that, you know, and, and as, a, you know, as educators, because even though if, even if you're in the classroom or not in the class, not or outside of the classroom, because of the people that we are, we're, we're always educating someone, right. somebody, somewhere, somehow. Um, right. Once, once people, you become a teacher, it's like you never stop teaching, whether you're in the classroom or not. Never. So there's right. there's always those kids that I would see and they would say, oh, wow, I remember you. And I'm like, yeah, did you remember not to do, you know, A, B, and C? Like, yup. Right. And it would just be uh, uh, And sometimes it'd be the worst kids. Yeah, they come smiling. I'm like, you yeah, gave me hell every hell day. Yes. I, you was my favorite teacher. I couldn't tell why you was and in my then class. I would, I would see them with like six kids. I'm like, which one is, which one gives you problems? Is it that one right there? I'm like, mm-hmm, that was you <laughs> 15 years ago. So, <laughs> um, what speaking about jobs, what profession other than what you're doing right now would you attempt? Attempt. Well, I, I would attempt. Um, uh, hmm, I'm gonna tell you this. You know, I really am doing what I love to do. I teach. I write. I make movies. But and and if, if I had my uh, thing, well, what, what I'm the question can be like. 
what else would I be okay doing outside of what I'm doing? Um, uh, what I attempt. Man, that's some uh, really good questions for Mr. Newby, man. This is stumping. Yeah, I, I, because I never think, I don't think this deep. I mean, it's about, about aliens or something that I'm like all into it. It's just like real life questions. Like, ah, I can't answer these. Um, yeah, what would I attempt? Uh, maybe race car driver, you know, um, that I find that interesting. I think for a time, I, don't, I think, I think I, there's a lot of things I would love. I, okay. You know, here's it. In another musician, life, Mr. Musician Newton wants to be a race car driver. I, I'm going to change it. Musician. That's what I would love to do. Musician. Okay. Now I, I can see, I, would, I, would, I, can see I would love to be a musician. You know, I, I, I have, that. I have every instrument in my house. I have a keyboard. I got acoustic guitar, electric guitar. I got a bass. I got Congo drums. I got harmonica. Growing up, I had um, guitars and um, set of drums, and, and 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 my whole life, I never learned how to play nothing. So at some point, <laughs> I probably should learn how to play one of them. <laughs> I'm you're not like even lying MC, either. You're like the MCU's collector, but just for for uh, for, for uh, musical instruments. That's listen. I, I got I got listen here. Listen, listen. That's my guitar. I went and got. I got, I cannot play it to save my life. <laughs> YouTube, there we go. I can, yeah, I can play Twinkle, 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 Little Star. As there, well, as you far as I can get. there you can play it then. Um, well, what profession would you despise doing? Um, collecting road kill off the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. I knew it. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Brian Anthony Wilson. Now, <laughs> now you really got to make this freaking movie happen, dude. We, we got to do it now. We got to do it. Um, I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of professions that doesn't work for me. But a profession, I'm going to say file clerk. That would that that would drive me crazy. I absolutely, because, I could fill you with that. Yes, I, I because fill you with that. If I have a job that I don't like, but I can put my headphones in, turn my brain off and do it, I'll be okay. But if I have a job where I got to engage my brain, I say, hey, wake up, brain, we got to work, and I got to work on something I can't stand, okay, like this, file 27281, and now I have to cross the reference of 28282, and I got to actually pay attention, and I got to add these two files together because file 782, okay, I, nah, you, you, you lost me. And I got to actually <laughs> think about it. I got to actually have, I gotta have, have engaging thought on what I'm doing, and I have to actually add numbers and, and, and um, track things down. And it's like, that, you, okay, you're gonna, you, that drives me crazy, you know. And I'm gonna tell you this as a teacher, I was I was a mediocre student for many years. And the reason why was just for that very reason. It's not that I couldn't do the work. It was right. that the work was so disinteresting and how I was so uninterested in the work. And then I had to turn my brain on to do it. You know, I couldn't just I couldn't just skate through it. So I had to actually turn on undivided attention, fully engage in something I care absolutely nothing about. And that and and that only lasts about 15 minutes, and then I start thinking about Space birds and, and space aliens and Star Wars and right. say Shannon, what's the answer number two? Lightsaber? Right. <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, thinking about like, what? thinking about creating David Munch. That, that, exactly. That's what it was. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, and I don't know if I have ADD or ADHD or I probably do, but I want the kid to look out the window for a reason, you know. And it wasn't like if I was if it was something I was interested. I liked science. I liked reading. I liked you know. um I liked a lot of stuff in school, but if it was, if it was like some nonsense or torture me or something, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't like, why am I learning this? And that was, and I just didn't feel it. I would just, my brain would just disengage. Even if I didn't want it to, I just like, I could not focus. Even somebody said, it's like they held my head down to the paper and said, look, read it. 
you know, that only lasts for a couple of minutes when my brain gets good. You know, so I'm out of here. Right? I'm not wow. doing this. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, but as I got older, of course you get better at it, but it's like, you realize like this, I, I just, I cannot stand having to engage my brain and do something. I just can absolutely just totally, I totally cannot stand if there's no, if again, if there's no, I feel there's no reason or purpose for me to do it. So I and making a film. So feel you when you say and, that. Right. So, so as making a film, I had to where I worked at gas stations. I had to learn how to work this and work the pump. And, you know, but at the end of the day, for me, it was, I'm doing this because I want to get my movie made. So I will, I will, I will, I will take the hit now to get to what I want later. Cause I, I have, I have a reason for doing it and there's an end to it. And the end, in the end of what this, at the end of this road, there's something I really want. Mm-hmm. So I will do that. But if I'm learning about um, something that I feel no use for it as of now, I feel there's no use for it in the future, and I got to engage my brain to do it. Why? You know, the, yeah, yeah, that's why? just like okay, like, you know, like it's a death sentence, man. I, I yeah. feel you, man. I feel you. I, I call it plantation work, but you know, yeah. we, we all have our own isms for what it is. Uh, but, tr- bro, I, I definitely, <laughs> and it's many a days that I got to turn it on, and it just cuts off automatically. It's on it's on its own stuff. I'm like, word, uh, turn on, and it's like, nope, we're good. I'm going to tell you how bad it is. I took a class at Temple, um, and after the class is over, I couldn't remember nothing that I learned. Nothing. I mean, literally. Couldn't even remember the name of the course. Did you just take that? Yeah, someone said, what happens? And it's like, I don't know. And I was serious. I don't even remember what it was. Like, what, did you pass it? Yeah, I got to be. And you don't remember. I, I literally did not remember nothing. I had to go back and like look at the paper like, oh, yeah, it was this. Wow. Like, I totally just forgot all of it. Immediately it was after it was over. It was like, you know, it just, I had no interest in it whatsoever. I was forced to take it, but I took it and I passed it. And if it was passed it, I put that right in the delete, put the trash can, put empty trash, and it was gone. <laughs> I think there's so many of the listeners that probably can resonate with that answer because there's many of us that are doing that right now. Yeah. Just like, uh, God. But uh, finally, uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, thank you for doing your best. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's that. deep, bro. That is deep. Cause thank I try to do my your best. best. Yes. And, and and to do my best and not hurt people along the way and to do my best and to because there's a lot of times, man, where I could have taken the, the easy road or do something where I was like, I'm not doing this. You know, it was like it was like it would hurt people or it was I had this one guy telling me he's like, Oh man, you know, I wanna I got these girls, I'm talking about doing some triple X or whatever. I was like, No, nah, I'm not doing no triple X. He's like, No, I got the whiteboards, I got the distribution, and stuff. Like, I'm not no nah, man, I don't do that. You know, mm. I had a guy who was an Asian guy who owned the uh who called the cold beer store. That's what I'm making for they used to say cold beer store. And I met this guy. He wanted to make a movie. And I was like, great. So what are you trying to do? And we talked about what he wanted to do. And um, I realized what he wanted, I could not give him. And not only the fact could I not give it to him, um, it would waste his money. And I was like, I'm not going to waste your money and take something from you that I know is not going to give you what you want. Right. What you want this, and I can't. I could have easily took it and just made it whatever I wanted to do with right, it. You know right, what I mean? Right. You could have his money if you wanted right. to. He was, a real, he was a real nice guy. And I think he appreciated the fact that like, I'm not the guy for what you want me to, to do. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and he didn't know any better, you know, and I tried to educate him on what, what he really wanted. And so there's many times in my life where I, I walked away from jobs or money or paydays that would have benefited me, but it wouldn't have benefited the person I was trying to deal with. Um, um, 
there was a, a a young lady. She had a, a she wanted to make a music video, and she said she wanted to make a music video and put it on, um, get it on BET. And I was like, and I told her like, you know, and I realized like what you want, I you know, I can make the video for you, but this is not going to get you what you want. What, right. what is it that you want to do? You know, and maybe better if you invest your time and money this way as opposed to doing that because this one video here is not going to do it. If you really right, want it, I'll do it right. for you. But to tell too much, what you're telling me, your goal is not what you're thing. So, um, so yeah, uh, I try. I've always tried to do the right thing. Uh, I am not perfect. Um, you know, I, I have my my fault. My my my. I have failed and I am flawed. But um, at the end of the day, um, um, I got to a point. I'm saying this. When I was 38 years old, um, I said, if I die tomorrow. I will be okay with, with my life, you know? And again, I had, I will, I'm not, no way I was I at a point where I say I've done everything I wanted to do. I was at a point where there was no way I could, um, I, I was, I was finished and anything that I, that I was trying to do. Um, but I could sit, I could say at that point that I did, I, I, when my, I took my shots when they came, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I worked as hard as I could on my shots and some of them paid off and some of them didn't, but I can, I can, I can sit back with no regrets on that end and say, um, um, I wish I would have tried, you know, because I, I, I did, I, you know, I stepped away from comfortable places many times to go be uncomfortable to take my shots and stuff I wanted to do in life. Like I say, sometimes it paid off and sometimes it didn't, but I always, uh, the one regret I do have, and I, and I'm gonna share this with you. <laughs> I actually share this with my wife as well. So it's not like it's a secret, but I wish I was not as afraid to talk to girls as I was when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> That 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 bothers serious? me. Seriously. Oh Lord. That, that 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 bothers me. You know, as an adult, because <sighs> I was afraid of them saying no, no, whatever. And then they, what is no going to do? Nothing, but dude. You're you got the best girl ever. No, I, I'm very happy with my. Life. Don't you know get me wrong. No, no, I'm not. You, you, I'm not saying I'm not happy with where I am. You lucky. What I'm lucked out, bro. You lucked out. Yeah. I'm not very everybody, happy with not my everybody wife. can say that they've married the, the person that stuck by them and, and has yes. been with them through through thick and thin. Through thick and thin when yeah. I had six nickels yeah. in my pocket and she was like, Well, right. I got six nickels too. So <laughs> so no, I'm I'm not I'm not that's what I what I said first. I talked to my wife about this. Because it's not that I am not happy about not being um, you know, married and, and, and where it all ended. You no, know, I get what you're saying though. I do, I do get what you're but, saying. It was um, it's more of a self confidence type of deal. Right. That, that that I I would not I didn't um I didn't take my shots with, with, you know, with other, just speaking of women, and again, it's like, I think I'm more, I'm more mad at myself, but not but just being afraid for no reason. I think that's kind of what it is. You know, I, why, I you get know, it. I get it now. You're right. right. I think that's the feeling. Like you know, were afraid and, for no reason. And you didn't take shots for what? Yeah. And that could be applicable to anything. So I, I took, I took what, what you're saying from that. I took that as I wish that I have taken those opportunities and, instead of me being fearful of the the impact of what it would have given to me at least i would have gone through the emotion and went through and worked through that right and made that you know been able to process that because now i'll never know what the opportunity would have been had i have just said let me just try right right you know, so i totally get that and there's a lot of us that have walked through life and wish that they have either talked to that pretty girl or went up to that, you know, took that, took that job or stepped out on faith in writing a comic book or yeah. creating a company you <laughs> or, know what or I mean? starting a movie with, you know, or, like or starting crazy? a movie, right. Or, <laughs> or doing, or doing a podcast, you know, or yes, doing like radio, that. you know, yeah. it's always, 
that fear factor. And I think that this was something that Will Smith said that it just resonated with me. Uh, and it's slowly but surely getting to that point where I'm a, I, I'm breaking through to, to that to that realm where he's in. But he said the part of fear is where you have to just take your head and smash your head through fear. Because yeah. that <laughs> yeah. moment that you've done that, then there's nothing there's nothing you can't withstand it. Anything that gets thrown at you, you know how to take it, you know, because right. you've already broken through that fear. But it's the the worst thing is not doing it because you're afraid that you're going to hurt your head instead of right. seeing whether or not if your head is strong and enough to break past the fear factor. So, and, and that's what I try to. I mean, again, I I, I took my shots in, in in my professional career. I was never afraid to take to take my shots, and you know, in my professional in my professional career. It's always like the personal stuff where I should I should have and I didn't I should have and I didn't. But it's still you know, it, 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 you know. personal reflects on other avenues, bro. So right. it, it's still it still is a connective tissue that we all struggle with. Hey, I struggled right. with it, you know. So we're kindred spirits. I wish that I have done A, B, and C. But you know what? I look at it now. We are still we are doing a lot better than a lot of folks that didn't wake up this morning. We're doing yeah, a heck of a lot true. better than a lot of folks that didn't take the plunge and took the steps where those annoyances, those demons, those whatever it is that you want to call it that have been itching at us to not getting to us to the next step, here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, pat yourself on agree. the back, bro, man. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say this. This is the other thing, too. I, I'll say it this way. Um, and, and I talk about this. I, don't, I, I tend not to talk about it because it makes other people feel uncomfortable, but I'm not uncomfortable talking about it. But, you know, I have I have anxiety issues that I have. And thankfully, you know, I have grown through, you know, to where I don't have the wow. I don't have the effects of that issue, you know, the way I did when I was, you know, in, in my in my youth, you know, um, to just. And I think part of it, like being afraid to say things was because the anxiety of things, you know, so I'm uh, okay, grateful okay. To, to have gotten on the other side of it. You know, and again, I mean, I'm, everything is perfect and 100 percent sunshine and rainbows, but I've gotten on the other side of the years. It does not affect my life the way that it did. Um, you know, uh, going back, you know, 15, 16 years ago, you know, um, so getting on the other side of having that and of, of having that, that was, is a great deal, you know, because I think if I hadn't had the issues or if I had Rick had resolved the issues of my anxiety earlier in life, things would have been different for me as well, because there were things that I, you know, things that I did or things that well, I handled certain things or, you know, I would disappear for a while, you know, and I have to go back and apologize to friends for that. But whereas like, I get so just anxiety written about everything that's on me to do that I just would like just cocoon and 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 just stay in the house and stop socializing all together and and you know not want to talk on the phone and you know and and again people took that as and I'm gonna tell you the worst part of it is this when you start getting quote unquote kind of famous and you have a little something under your belt and then you don't want to be dealing with people not because of anything but just because of you know because of your own yeah anxiety your issues own jazz right yeah, yeah people yeah. think like oh he's stuck up oh he oh he, oh, he think he all that because he now he can't answer the phone like no man i'm i'm going crazy over here right now <laughs> if, you know if you only knew right if right you, you know knew. and i try to explain I, and i'm going and i'm gonna tell you the people who are my friends you know what i mean who've been with, i've been friends with for more than 20 years you know they're friends for a reason you know what i mean like brian and like Camille, um, you know, because through all of my craziness and my thick and thick and thin and me having issues and being broke and trying to make things work and, and, and having anxiety issues and not, and just disappearing for like months on end. And I would call them up and I would just say, and I would tell, you know, and I tell my, I apologize. Like, man, you ain't got to apologize. Honest. And they just, you know, like, like nothing ever changed. And yeah, you know, like those, you those, those very, 
Right. Yeah. I don't think people understood it. You know what I mean? That's why it's like, you know, to this day, um, if I'm riding, you riding, you know what I mean? Is 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 that, you know what I mean? Because that's, uh that's it, man. That's and it. and that's and that's why it's like that. And I'm gonna yeah. say this, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out my big bro Brian real quick. Go ahead, bro. bro shout not doing talk about it. Not, not, not the way he talk about his light skinned itself enough today, but <laughs> um, he better listen to this episode too. Now. <laughs> um, but as big as Brian, and he's big. I mean, like you, like you realize, like as far as a different being an actor in Philadelphia. I mean, he is. And everyone knows who he is. Everybody, if you're an actor you're in Philadelphia, everybody knows who Brian Anthony Wilson is. He is. He is. He is. And and, and he's loved and well respected. So, um, when I was trying to get my TV show on nationally, it was on nationally, and I was trying to go. I was going up to a uh, um, a TV convention in Columbus, Ohio. And my car that I had at the time is in 2007. My car was, it was like a shopping cart. You know what I mean? Like, if it, and if you hit a bump, like the car would like the jump into another thing. lane. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So it was raggedy as hell. So, and I told him, I was like, yeah, um, me, you know, and uh, we're we going up to the, uh, I'm going to drive up near me and, and my wife, my girl was at the time was like, we were going up to the, uh, to the TV convention in Columbus, Ohio. So how you get up to them? I'm driving. He said, are you crazy? Don't you drive that car up there? <laughs> like, you're like, you ain't going to make it. You drive, are you crazy? I was like, look, I was like, it, cause it was a time I was trying to get the show going. And before I started getting my underwriters on, um, like before I started getting my underwriters to come in and, and that, like, to be able to handle some of this stuff. Um, you know, I was like, and out of my pocket. So we was like, I'm going. So it was a two day thing. We got the car. I got a styrofoam cooler. We put some bologna challenges in the, in the trunk. Like we went up there and making, and I was renting at the Microtel Hotel. He was like, "Don't drive that car." And, and, and my my big bro, he went and he rented a car for me to drive up to uh the Columbus, Ohio. Like he rented wow. and paid for it, so I can go to Ohio and uh and and uh, get stations to put the show on. Wow. And uh you know, and again, just out of out of off the strength of nothing, just because he's like you know he wanted you know look out for me. You know what I mean? He, he ain't had to do that at all. You no, know, you no, know, but that's just at, the at kind all. of person he is, man. Yeah, and that's why I was like, you know, I was supposed to. I got like seven scripts written for him right now. He only read one of them, but I have, I have a bunch of stuff. At some point we're going to do, you know, and I feel like it's going to be very soon. Cause I'm, again, I'm fortunate. I'm at a point in my life now that I can, I can have the means to do, you know, stuff that I've been wanting to do for forever. So that's why I'm writing a script for him now. You know, it's funny. Cause now that I'm, I'm, you know, like my book is out and I've been getting all this press and people get to ask me all these questions about, you know, this, and they start bringing my old work. Cause we didn't talk about Lacey. Which he was in. You know what? Yeah, hold on. Stop. Wait, we're going to cut that off. What, what happened to Lacey? I'm actually about to do a, a, a video essay on what happened to Lacey. So Are you okay? Lacey, okay. So the, okay. Okay. So, wrong okay. special people. So, Lacey was a web series. Um, I did the yes. first season. Five I, I, episodes. Time out. Stop. Time out. Okay. First off, Lacey is brilliant. Lacey oh, is freaking brilliant it's, it's different it was way different it was way left from what your normal stuff was but go ahead i'm sorry but it go ahead i apologize yeah, there's a ahead. story about a woman who uh who has a sex addiction she's like a conservative woman and then she develops developed i think seemingly out of the blue a sex addiction and her husband cannot satisfy her so she starts venturing out into the world to uh to satisfy her sexual needs so it's like almost breaking bad with sex because the sex is just kind of the carrot that leads you into it. And then the other side is like, you know, she's going to find herself in this world that she has no business being into. And it's like, you know, what, you know, what the, how the heck did I get here? So it's kind of like, you know, like breaking bad where he's like, he was just a regular school teacher who was trying to make meth to, um, to, to support his family before he died, you know, for money for his friend, you know, this is like a woman who's a regular conservative type of a, uh, you know, woman, 
church going woman who, you know, all of a sudden seems out of nowhere developed this crazy sex addiction that can't be satisfied. And it starts off to where she's um she's speaking, um, talking to a doctor like a, a medical tape when she's talking to a doctor about her issue. And it flashes back to how she got to this point. So um Without giving it away, that, no, that's no, what it is. please don't give it away. <laughs> I, where I've been trying to find it on YouTube, but I can't so find I, it. I took it down. So here's what happened. So again, well, wait, 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 wait. So if this is a, if this is something that you're going to actually share with the with the world in a documentary or something, then I was going to do. I, I, yes, I was going to do maybe like a, a 20 minute video about. I still get emails from people from around the world. Believe it or not, I was pretty big. In Canada and it, United it Kingdom, it was huge, man. It was a, it was, it it's was only, talking, it was only five episodes, listen, and it, it was talking to a lot of folks, man. It was like, yo, yeah, I had more than like seven hundred thousand views across the five episodes, like of course, in like only three months. It was, it was really taking fire. Like, yeah, man, months, like, you were like the worst showgirl, like, giving a little leg and taking the right back. <laughs> like it was really like. Yo. So the oh, okay. long story short of it is this. I, I was changing um, schools. Get in. I teach film and video. Um, and I was going to another school and uh, I got recommended to go to this new site. So they were looking for they were looking to start a new program. And I got recommended by a bunch of people that, that I should be the one to, to hire. So I said, maybe I should take this down because, you know, I'm figuring they're going to research. Uh, and I said, maybe I should take this okay, down. Again, okay. not because it was because the show was not bad. I mean, I, I always say like this. You can watch a show like Scandal. You know what I mean? Um, Shonda Rhimes type show. Yeah, you can watch. You can watch my show. It wasn't yeah. like it was. Yeah. It wasn't porn. It's not you know what I mean? Shades of right. You know, right. It wasn't. It but, wasn't that. But I tell you what, it could have. It. I mean, it, it. There is a playground where you could go where it could be like whoa. Right. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should have a screening one night of all five episodes. Now yes, that would be dope. <laughs> Yes, that would be dope. Maybe I, I'll do something like that. Yes, um, you I, should. Yes. But I took it. So I took it down. And, and again, the start of the, of the of the of the show was my very dear good friend Camille, who I've been friends with forever. Um, I've been friends with Camille um, longer than I've been friends with Brian. I've been friends with Camille since like uh, she's, she's, the lead, she's the lead. She's actress the lead actor. Lead actor in the, of the show. Of, right. Of she she plays Lacey. Lacey, yes. And the funny thing about Camille is not long me and Frank Camille. Me and Camille been friends. When I met Camille, she was not an actor. You know, she was a funny, goofy, silly person with a lot of personality, but she was not an actor. But yeah. knowing somebody, knowing a film director for long enough, they turn your friends, they, they turn they, them into you, actors. You, you, you get them in. And she was in <laughs> Carry Me Home. Right. And she, yeah, she started acting. Like, I, I made her an actor. It was like, you know, first, like, she's supposed to be in Dirty Laundry. Um, but, um, you know, that, that scene got cut out. But she's supposed to be in Dirty Laundry back in 97. So, um, uh, so long story short, you know, fast forward, you know, she little by little, I started putting her in stuff and she was in heavy sedation. She became a cast member. And she was in other stuff. And then I got recommended to do other stuff. So she's, she, and she was a really good actor. So, yeah, she is. So, so she became, she was a star of Lacey. And, um, so after I took it down, I told her I took it down because I'm switching schools and I, and I, you know, I just don't want to have to have that conversation. Not that, I, not that I'm ashamed of the work. I just don't want to have a conversation about. Right, right. Well, why are you, ha- you know, that kind anyone of thing? Can, so, anyone can Google you and be like, what is this? And then, you know. Right. And I just didn't want to have the conversation. So I was right. like, let me just take it down. So then um, after I did, she's like, well, I'm about to change jobs, you know, so um, leave it down for a little bit. I was like, fine. So it was down for a long enough time. And then after a while, so I was like, um, I was like, should I put it back up? She's like, I don't know, because oh, that's what happened. This is the other thing that happened. So, so, you know, her, her job that she has, I'm going to say her job, but uh, she's in a professional environment. And again, the show is the show. And <laughs> I can see where this is going. 
And there was a posters of the show. You know what I mean? Um, if you look up a poster, there's a poster on the website. Right. Um, yeah. But a poster. So one of my coworkers, however, they found it or whatever, they found it and they found a poster of it and they were going around showing people about her in the poster. And she's like, did you put the show back? I said, no, the poster's not. No, it's dad. I didn't put it up. I'm going to find a poster. And they're going around whispering around about me at the job. Like, you're acting. You're an actor. Tell, tell them you're an actor. Show them all the work that you've done as an actor. This is not just, you know. Right. She's like, yeah, but people that. gossiping. And, and uh, so so because of that, and then she went, to, she went to another job. And and I told her from day one when we made, when we did the series, because I'm going to tell you how the series came about real quick. Uh, I was set to do another film, a feature. Cause I only had one feature film. Twice when I went to go do another feature, and twice I got I got stopped by something. So I was sitting and doing another feature. Um, and um, long story short, I was getting ready to get to get started, and then the person who I was looking to cast as the lead um, was just seemingly not uh, on board. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to deal with this. Um, I you know what I you know what. And again, for me, it ain't it wasn't that hard. I was like, you know, how many scripts I got. I was like, okay, the script number 47 on the pile, and what's next? So I called Camille. I was like, you want to do something? Like what? Like, I, I got an idea for a web series. You interested? Yeah. I say, it's about this, this, this. Okay. I said, I'm a writer. And I told her from the beginning, I said, if you're not comfortable with anything, tell me you're not comfortable, and I will, you know, and we'll change it, or I'll take it down, or whatever. Right, right. If you're not comfortable, let me know. You know, so uh, we talk about that, you know, and again, she's she's my friend beyond anything else. She's my friend. Right. So, um, so if, at this point now, her, you know, her not being hundred percent comfortable because of, you know, just outside stuff. I was like, to me, it's like, fine, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it down. You know, I won't, I mean, her friendship to me is more important than, than this, than, than the web series. Gotcha. So, gotcha. so that's why it's still down. Um, because I don't want to put it out for the whole world to see, but I'm sure if we do a, 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 a screening somewhere one night, I think people will probably dig that, you know, I mean, that, that'd be cool. You know, I invite a bunch of people to come who haven't seen it. Bring the cast member back, talk about the whole thing, you know, have a have a retrospective. That'd probably be nice to do. I would love that. And I would be there with bells and whistles on because it's just <laughs> it's just a really dope show. So thank you, my good friend Shannon. I guess now we could do the proper intro of the the exit uh, of the show. Now. Yes. So <laughs> thank you so much. I don't even know yes. why we even tried to do this. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> But it is such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show, my man. I, I truly do appreciate this. Um, so when 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 I, you know when I when I get off here, I'm going to go and order. So autographic, and then you're going to tell me about you know the road the road killers, uh, the yes. pick uppers, the pick uppers. You know, what? I'm gonna tell you this as soon as I, as soon as I finish this because as soon as I finish this 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 work that I have. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go into a writing. A writing. Uh, a writing binge for like the next two weeks to see what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? Let's let's see what I can do. Cause uh, you know, I, I you know I'm still working on my novel. You know that that's that's uh. So I, I want to get that done before the summer because I, I should have been finished with that. Cause the novel's got to be done. You know, and I can write a ninety page script in a, in a couple weeks. I've done it before. So let's see what I can do. Well, sir, thank you, and I look forward to a hell of a lot more stuff in the years to come. Me too. And a lot, a lot more frequent. So I appreciate you, Lou. You know what I mean? Hi, I'm glad that we are friends and I appreciate you having me on your show. And if you need me to come back, I only going to charge you a thousand dollars next time. And now a moment of poetry.
I marinate in your muchness as you permeate my senses. I freely frolic in this flurry of feelings. I smile while you tickle and awaken my memories. I hope you smile when you remember me too. That was Anita Lorraine. This was a piece from her book, Dear Future Husband, which can be purchased on her website, www.lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. On behalf of the Lewis of All Experience, we say thank you to all of you who are listening. And if you are new here, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll never miss out on any of our future episodes with these awesome, amazing, and wonderful guests that are emerging on the scene. Check us out on Instagram at the Lewis of All Experience. Leave a message or share what you think about the show. And who is your wish list guest that we should have on? You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and now iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So until we meet again, be blessed, create, and as always, rock steady. The Lewis Duvall Experience is a production of Soul Magic Studios.